0: You can do it. All right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Best Friends for Lifetime. I'm Vicky. I'm Allison. And on today's episode, we're covering the movie And Baby Will Fall from 2011. I really sounded like I was gonna follow that up with something. I wasn't.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I think you wanted to, but you were I like, reached oh, the no, end that's of it. my thought. <laughs> Okay, well, well, I guess we can jump in. What do you what? What? How do you want
0: to do this? Well, we gotta do the bit where we're like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. to preface this, Allison's like never seen a Lifetime movie before this podcast, and I have seen. Um, we're not gonna get into the specific number because one day I'd like to date again, but <laughs> 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 it's many a lot to uh, many. You uh you once described it as a shameful amount. It is. It is, but no, you know what? The tag for this podcast is officially watching Lifetime movies, so you don't have to.
1: There you go. We're this doing everybody a s- favor.
0: Yeah, that's is a community service. You know, <laughs> fuck, <We're> nine <laughs> hours in, baby.
1: <laughs> well, what did you? Any opening thoughts about this? Uh, well, I do, I do want to do a quick warning for people that there oh. is mention of assault in this movie. Uh, it's not detailed, but, you know, we'll give you a heads up when it's coming. I would and... say the
0: flashback was upsetting. Yeah. It was
1: upsetting. Um, we don't have to get into the deets of it, but we'll definitely oh. let people know we're we
0: are 100% never going to describe it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, but other than that, this movie was indeed bananas. Peels oh. everywhere.
0: We should also warn, sorry, the other warning is, like, big mentions of miscarriages if that's, oh, like, yeah. um, gonna freak you out. I mean, it was pretty intense, so if any of that stuff's going to, like, upset you, just uh, press pause. You don't have to listen. We won't be offended. We get it. Just mute
1: us. We do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just tune us out. I tune myself out constantly. (laughs) So, yeah, that was really pervasive. But other than that, like, other than the seriousness of those two topics, this movie was, like, fucking Mario Kart. I don't really know how else to describe it. I I really felt like I was being taken for a ride, and I because of the um, lacking of lifetime knowledge I have, I'm just being hyper-vigilant, so everything meant something and nothing meant anything the whole time, and I was losing my mind. Uh, And it turns out, that's the correct response to a movie like this. This is a
0: particularly good lifetime movie. I'll just, yeah. you know what, or among friends. According to our Spotify uh, stats, <laughs> only one man probably has listened to any of our episodes so far. <laughs> and I know who it is. It's my uncle David. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> side, side story because I promised I'd, I'd tell a story. Um, Thanksgiving was small this year because mm-hmm. of various moving parts. and um mm-hmm. so I spent Thanksgiving at my parents and my uncle David was there it was just the four of us and he told me because he arrived before me and my mom rosie was listening to the <laughs> podcast aloud she's one of our biggest fans oh my god it was texting me about it but apparently as soon as he opened the front door and walked in he just heard my voice <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> she was listening to episode two which if you'll recall we were making fun of old man michael for being like oh you oh, no. don't feel good my dick make you feel better <laughs> You had said, yeah, I dare a man to do that. I bring that dick over here. Like and my response was like, yeah, bring that dick over. I'll break it over my knee. And that is the only part he heard is just my voice. He thought I was in my, He just heard my voice, my ghostly voice from within the home, going, I bring that dick over here, I'll break it over my knee. Break that dick over my knee, boy. And so So we had a swell time. I laughed very hard. And um, Uncle David, congratulations on being our (laughs) only dude listener so far.
1: I'm crying. (laughs) Uh, What a good introduction of this. I'm
0: broken. Um, So all that to say, we only have one man who listens to us concretely. So if I'm ready to date again, we'll just have to go back and cut this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Because I have seen this movie, Allison. I think this might Hmm. be the fifth time i've ever seen it oh you're like a fan the amount of people i've convinced to watch lifetime movies with me <laughs> has been it, we're in the double digits. i just feel like i <laughs> like i'm loose limbed and loose lipped and i'm like a lot of lifetime movies let's watch one and people for
1: some reason listen to me okay listen you put the work into this i don't know if you know this but like People were watching you do things on Instagram with Lifetime movies, and it was fucking hilarious. And I was like, wow, this makes me want to watch Lifetime movies. You did a good job. And then we were at the beach talking about how we both aspire to be just, you know, yelling voices on the Internet somewhere. Mm. And that's how we got here. You didn't have to twist my arm. I was like, yeah, give me a reason. (laughs) And you were like, here's one. And I said, "Okay."
0: Our origin story, fair listeners, is that Allison (laughs) and I truly did lock eyes on the beach. (laughs) And that's how this all started. <laughs> Laying
1: down in the sand, locked eyes yeah. on the beach.
0: But the reason why, I mean, I love this Lifetime movie, because I think it's a, every Lifetime movie is a tight 90 minutes, but doesn't really mean the plot's going to be tight. Episode three we had a daughter's conviction, which was horrible. This was like, the hits just kept coming in this, in this plot.
1: Yeah, this was good. This was actually, you know, you're right. This was sort of like Goldilocks and Three Bears just right. Because in A Daughter's Conviction, it took too goddamn long. We, you know, we got it in the first five minutes. And then in A Trick of a Mind, there was like a big reveal, maybe 10 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck? But this one, this one, you really, they did a good job. They kind of took you along. You were on the hills. You were in the lows. You were in the highs. Like, you were good. All right, start us off then. Oh, I sure will. Listen, I as I do watch these movies in thirty-minute chunks, just for my own sake, and I paused it. <laughs> yeah, two you did. Two minutes in, two minutes in, and I paused it to just react. There was a scene we we see our two main characters, Ivy and David, whose name took me forever to locate because I was not paying attention uh ivy i had to stop and take a good look at her eyebrows and have a flashback to 2011 when you were allowed to not have those on your face and that was fine and david (laughs) david i guess went to sleep with his hair gelled and styled and it woke up in the same position and i was like who how that hairstyle was that was not in style in 2011
0: i don't recall that actually boys baby (laughs) Backstreet
1: Boys had retired by 2011, though. They had, but his hair had not. That's what I'm saying. And it was, it was solid. It was like Whoa. nothing moved him. <laughs> it was solid.
0: I Okay, no, that makes sense. Hold on. So we'll talk about this more later, but like, <laughs> fucking everyone knows each other from high school. His hair stopped in high school. This makes oh, sense now. Oh,
1: yeah, he peaked. Okay, that that describes a lot of his personality. Got it. Got it. So we're going to go ahead and preface that you know, we said this before, the movie is sort of littered and sprinkled and glittered with miscarriage. If you are sensitive to miscarriage, go ahead, skip it. Honestly, it's everywhere. And so Ivy has woken up from a nightmare about having a miscarriage, which is awful. Oh, awful. It's terrible, terrible. And <laughs> David's very thoroughly emotionally, you know, responsible thought-out response is you know what next time we're not leaving that hospital without a baby (laughs) which is like that's not a solution to having a devastating miscarriage and so that's how the movie starts is just like a conversation a poorly planned conversation about you know a nightmare of a miscarriage and you know they're expecting again she's incredibly pregnant we we find that out pretty quickly yeah Heavily
0: pregnant. Heavily
1: pregnant. And this actress had the
0: walk down. She wasn't just like a lady with like a (laughs) smuggling a beach ball underneath her flowy top. (laughs) She had like the pregnant waddle going on through this film.
1: The whole scene is like she's having this nightmare in their brand new house about a miscarriage. And they're sort of in the, the throes of having moved into this new place and they're cleaning it out, and they're having a yard sale to get rid of this stuff. So there's a lot of hustling and bustling during the day. That's how we're sort of dropped into the movie. We know that the miscarriage and the baby is going to be a big thing, not from the title, not just from the title, but also from the initial nightmare. Uh, and then we have this house. I I okay. So they buy this
0: old house. We find out that like an old man had lived there forever. Yeah. And like died in it. I had a lot of questions about, like, do people... I thought houses had to be cleared out. Like, don't family usually... Isn't, isn't that what an estate sale is, is when
1: someone dies and they sell everything and then they sell the house? I mean, what if that person is wealthy, has a big house and has no family? I think...
0: I don't know anything. I don't... You can <laughs> tell I've never owned a home.
1: <laughs> and I never
0: will. And this is also... I'm kind of like upset about it because this is kind of my nightmare is, it, is getting someone's house and then having mm. to clear out all their shit I don't have a lot of worldly possessions myself <laughs> I feel like pe- people are either like you're like one mm. or the other either you keep it or you throw it out I'm like a mm-hmm. person who just tosses stuff mm. so inheriting someone's house that's full of a lifetime of their shit was my nightmare <laughs> there's actually a, a larger nightmare that I'll discuss later that these people live through but we'll, <laughs> we'll stay there for now
1: that's true. That's true. Well, so their solution is to have a yard sale, which I'm thinking, oh, cool, like free money. And so, you know, they're organizing this yard sale. Very, very pregnant. Ivy is like moving boxes around and, and we meet a few new characters during this uh, event. First, we meet Jody, who is the best friend. She's in the rule. Her hair is a different color. Yeah. So our... Our main girl, Ivy, has
0: blonde hair, and this is the fourth movie in a row where the <laughs> heroine has blonde
1: hair. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? It means Hollywood loves to make a blonde lady the hero. It's a real problem. I guess, we're, so. We're going to see how long this pure. streak
0: lasts. Uh, <laughs> our next movie is Kill Our Grandma, so we'll see. <laughs> I
1: cannot wait.
0: Um, yeah, so Jody is in the attic with Ivy, and you're getting like a little bit of a... Uh... Little bit of hints and clues about some stuff that's gonna drop later in the movie. This is such a clumsy transition, but and I knew something was gonna like happen in the house because mm-hmm. when we meet Jody, we're following Jody through the house. So she's like, "Ivy, where are you?" And it's just an excuse to show the viewer like the layout of the home. It's three stories. It's old, and so oh, I was like, catch. "Oh, something's gonna happen in here." And then this is also where.
1: Jodie and I, if you're in the attic, and the dumbwaiter gets pointed out. The dumbwaiter! I know I'm yeah. yelling, but I knew that was going to be a fucking thing for the entire movie. I was waiting for it to circle back around, but I won't get into it.
0: Everything in this movie means something. Everything is Chekhov's gun. Like <laughs> It's it's basically like um, Chekhov had a rule. He said, this is paraphrasing, but he's like, if you have a scene and a gun appears in scene one... <laughs> Has to go off in the final act, like you don't just show it for no reason. And I really felt that about the dumb waiter. I was like, <laughs> "This is not here for no reason."
1: Yeah, that's how I felt. Fa- okay, so right there, th- this happens in the attic, which is also an incredibly important place in the house. Jody and Ivy are having a conversation again about her nightmare, uh and she's, you know, everybody's very dismissive of Ivy's miscarriage worries. They're kind of like, "Pish posh, you're going to be fine. That baby's getting out of you," which is again incredibly emotionally intelligent. I mean, um, okay,
0: I'm so sorry. So Jody's way of like trying to be comforting is like, don't worry about your like giving birth or anything. Worry about this old house and what a baby proofing nightmare it's gonna be. all oh, those stairs, the dumb waiter. I'm like, Jody, what you're saying is like your baby might topple to its death <laughs> <laughs> Comforting. What
1: are you might make it about? out this time, but then it's gonna die later. We all, yeah, Jody. yeah, yeah. We all At some die, point, Jody. your
0: baby might die. I'm like, fucking Jody, what the fuck? They're so bad at it. Everyone's bad at it. <clears throat> um, prop moment. Great. You commented on this in your polos. Oh fuck, I can't. Jody's remember. going through a box, and she's like, oh. I wonder
1: if. <laughs> It's so and annoying. Even, She's like, look at all these
0: magazines. They're fucking comic books. They're comic books. No one in their right mind would mistake old comic book for an old magazine. And Allison, yeah. big prop moment. Okay. So when you pause and look at the comic book cover, I
2: uh-huh. sound like
0: a psychopath right now, but <laughs> if you pause the movie and you look at the <laughs> comic book cover, it just says, Betrayed by the man she loves.
1: Oh my God. You are like,
0: mm, foreshadowing, is it you?
1: you are actually paying attention to the details I was like why doesn't Jody fucking know the difference between a magazine and a comic book this bitch I don't paying attention
0: I do not know why Jody does not know the difference because obviously Mm -hmm. like the people on the set like the prop people had a really fun time with this Mm -hmm. and the script is like magazines so I'm not sure (laughs)
1: Oh, fuck. So, right, that's Jody. She doesn't know the difference between a magazine and a comic book, and she's also sort of insensitive. And then we also meet, oh, by the way, a high school friend, because everybody in this movie just knows each other from high school, as you mentioned earlier.
0: Which, by the way, I was going to say I was going to name my second grader nightmare connected to this movie. It's this. (laughs) It's just being trapped in a town with... Everybody from my high school. <laughs> running the people in public from high school is is my greatest nightmare.
1: <laughs> I love doing that. You love it? yeah, I kind of do. why? i uh, I have no real strong feelings about that, and I love the sense of chaos it brings because whoever is in front of me uh, is maybe more embarrassed to see me than I am to see them. Oh, so. We meet another high school friend. Immediately distrust one because he's a man in a lifetime movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, because uh, it turns out that he is both a lawyer and somebody who is running for office of some sort. And I'm like, well, that's a fucking deadly combo right there. Those people, Uh, they get away with stuff. He's
0: already the mayor of Red Flag City. He gets mentioned in passing because he said he was going to stop by and help out. And then he just doesn't. Mm
2: -hmm. So I'm like, okay. so
0: Theo's like very Mm -hmm. self-interested, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're running for political office, you have to be like pretty Mm
1: self-interested. But I mean, you don't have to be. But he is.
0: Best case scenario is like it's someone who's actually the opposite, which is extremely community oriented. But
1: mm, it's not common.
0: Our yard sale starts with a close up of a painting of a haunted Victorian child, and then like pans out to the rest of the yard sale.
1: <laughs> and
0: it is it is bumping, it is popping at this yard sale.
1: We also meet, um, God, I can't remember her name. The nice Nana neighbor, cute little nice Nana neighbor with a real oh, ugly dog,
0: Mrs. Bindell, and we Mrs.
1: Bendel clearly have
0: opposing opinions on this because <laughs> I disliked her. <laughs> I loved her dog, and I knew she was not long for this world. Oh, wow. Like, out the gate, I was like, she is a busybody. Is going to, like, busy her body into sticking her fucking nose into someone's business. And, spoiler, mm. that is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. I didn't like mm-hmm. her.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I liked little Nana. She was sweet. I did. And not. I, I thought her dog her. was fucking Schmeagle with hair. I hated him. First of all, her name
0: was Phoebe. Her name was was Phoebe. Excellent casting because Mrs. Bendel and the dog look identical.
1: (laughs) They do. They kind of have the same hair. Here's the thing, though. I couldn't figure out that dog's name for the longest time. I knew it was a P name and like a like a white lady's name, and I was like Patricia.
0: (laughs) Phoebe's Phoebe. The dog. You show that dog some goddamn respect. The dog. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about the dog later, but. I do not like Mrs. Bindell.
1: God, we have these strong opinions about again, about a character who is I not think, involved very much. I think
0: you and I are gonna butt heads about the detective later too.
1: Oh, I really doubt it. I fucking hate him. Oh, I loved him. Oh god damn it. Oh, All right. All right, okay. First bite. Oh I can't wait. <laughs> okay, here we go.
0: Anyway, so back <laughs> to this yard sale. <laughs> we meet
1: we meet Another very important character in this yard sale named Melinda. Melinda White. Did you recognize this actress? I did. You know, actually, I recognized her and Ivy. Oh, what is Ivy in? Ivy is in Once Upon a Time. That's the only oh, time, time I've I seen her. That show.
0: Mindy is played by Clea Duvall, who mm-hmm. is in Girl Interruptage, plays uh, Georgina.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: she's also in the classic cult film, but I'm a cheerleader.
1: And that so, is how I knew she's going to have a big fucking
0: role. I, was like, I, I, I mean, she this appeared. Woman. She is heavily pregnant, like mm-hmm. as, as pregnant as Ivy, who was extremely pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she uh, Mindy has my dream hair. <laughs> it really? was like, oh, big, voluminous, chocolatey brown, gorgeous hair. <laughs> Mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm, she's she, also went to high school with all of them as she well. She went to
1: high school with all of them. High school, and she's the same amount of pregnant as Ivy. Same. Mm. Same due date and everything. Spooky. Uh, and she's like, she's kind of insistent that Ivy recognizes her. You can tell right off the bat that she's got a little bit of... Mm, I don't know unresolved attachment happening so I'm thinking okay what is this I mean she's I... doing
0: the opposite of what I do which is I'm like god I fucking hope they don't recognize me and She's like, <laughs> hello Recon- do you recognize me
1: you re- you have to recognize me you know me I mean but uh, if
0: I had a glow up like her I think I also would be like <laughs> you do recognize me <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know i mean i did look kind of i didn't look great in high school let's be real first i had a long (laughs) neck i had to grow into and then i had braces for a short period of time but they were still there and then i uh buzzed all of my hair off going into senior year and then when it grew in i have like five calyx on my head i didn't know about so it just stuck (laughs) up at really odd angles at all times shut up it'll shock you to know i got my first boyfriend junior year of college
1: paid for any of that <laughs> listen all i can say is the nickname for me for people who didn't know me very well was emo taylor swift that was what i was known as in high school
0: um I'm, is it bad if i really love that kind
1: of yeah it's fine <laughs> i've come to I mean, embrace P a little Swiss bit is like very
0: pretty so uh, uh, i have you know no. i don't feel related to her even though we share very <laughs> I feel related thing. to her <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> the listeners sure learned a lot about us and we learned about each other. This is oh, a special moment.
1: It really is. Wow. What a movie for us to learn these things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're growing closer.
1: Okay, so I mean, speaking of us bonding, Melinda and Ivy have a nice bonding conversation over being pregnant at this yard sale. Yeah. Um and I think because of this bonding, Ivy decides to hand over this vintage glass ladle over to Melinda who was like, oh, "I'm collecting for my mother."
0: depression era blown glass swan okay Allison all right and it well, is crucial to the plot
1: I don't see the difference in between what I said and what you just said a ladle
0: a ladle may sound like it could be used for something I can't it's a fucking thought, useless object. I
1: thought it was a ladle
0: do you see now why I don't own many objects because I'm like it's useless <laughs> my twenty twenty two resolution now it's rolled over to twenty twenty three is to get more uh, earthly possessions yeah.
1: Let's go to a flea market. <sighs> Let's go to an estate sale. We can dress okay. up like Melinda and Ivy and pretend nah. to be pregnant.
0: Mm. I want to be I slightly think. more fabulous than the two of them.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Uh, I mean, I'll we'll wear a. Oh, we didn't mention Ivy's grandmother's necklace that she wears. <gasps> she oh, she
1: heirloom. calls it an
0: amulet. She's like, this is gonna like protect me and the babe. mm mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. It's very important to her. It's incredibly important it's to her. Understandable. To her. It is literally an heirloom.
0: You oh. know things about crystals, right?
1: Yeah, I used I used to, but go ahead. Okay.
0: Well I didn't know if I was making like a crazy <laughs> assumption because you know everything about astrology and tarot. Um <laughs> oh, God, like the that's the, that's the trifecta right there. Uh-huh. So, um, uh-huh. <laughs> what is the gemstone that's in her grandmother's necklace? It's a solid green, but it didn't look like malachite to me. What? Was
1: I guess, I, did they mention it? They didn't mention it. Did they? they didn't mention
0: it, but I was looking at it because it is sort of an interesting looking necklace.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean it could have been anything There are so many solid green stones It could have been fluorite, it could have been an emerald It could have been a It was night. not emerald, are
0: you kidding me? Could,
1: I mean, I my guess would be fluorite or adventurine Or something like that
0: I, You know, I really just appreciated that the prop person Didn't just like pop over to Claire's And get some <laughs> Like in episode one Where he's like, look at this gorgeous necklace And it's supposed to be a diamond But it's clearly like <laughs> fucking Cubic zirconia <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. So that's how we meet. That's how we meet Melinda. And now she's handing over this vintage swan, this vintage useless object over to Melinda as a gift for the baby shower or, or for her mother or something. She's being nice. She's yeah. being real nice. Because Ivy is nice, uh, you Ivy's know? nice. She's like, she's a great character. I love her. I love her. I think, this I is- think she's great.
0: I love, we're going to scream about how much we love Ivy later, but just I love Ivy. fair listener, we're dropping it here that we both, this is the one thing we'll be agree on in this episode <laughs> is that we both love Ivy. We both love Ivy.
1: <laughs> and so like, okay, the husband shows up during this interaction as well. Melinda also recognizes David, David, the husband. She's incredibly insistent that David recognizes her. Like you can tell she sort of lights up. She's like kind of drawn to him like she even physically gets a little closer there's like a desperation there and she's like oh we knew each other in high school yeah you recognize me and he's like uh yeah sure
0: yeah Mindy's face definitely lights up I mean fantastic acting by our girl Clea because
1: mm-hmm.
0: you get tell she's got a little bit of a crush that's what it, it comes to across as or yeah. like maybe she had a crush on him in high school like clearly there's history there but David ...isn't matching her energy at all no. in this interaction, you know? Mm-mm. He's kind of just like, oh, hi, Ivy, my wife. I have yard sale money for you. <laughs> you know, uh, you can tell how much I like David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. But the other thing that happens in the interaction before David walks over... ...is uh, Mindy and Ivy are talking, and she reaches over and touches Ivy's pregnant belly without asking permission... She yeah. just laid her hand on it and, like, it just felt really weird to me because pregnant people have said that, like, other people do that to them and it sounds terrible. Like, it pings something so icky, just that whole concept, because there's such an entitlement there. Mm-hmm. I would never, ever lay my hand on a pregnant person's belly.
1: No. I mean, there's already enough of a problem with people in their own fucking bodily autonomy, specifically people who are pregnant or can become pregnant. Yeah. I hate, I don't like that. Even if it's a pregnant, pregnant person, I, you know, stop touching each other.
0: Ivy feels uncomfortable. It's very subtle, good acting because Ivy kind of shies away a little bit. She pulls away a little bit and changes the topic mm-hmm. because she doesn't want Mindy touching her. And she's clearly trying to, um, you know, get some distance between them. Because yeah. they really don't know each other. No. And they know each other from weird. high school, and they're seeing each other for the first time in however many fucking years. Mm-hmm. Don't
1: touch me. <laughs> I one time had somebody do that. Not touch my belly, but I, I ran into somebody from middle school, even, uh, after I was visiting home from undergrad. I, I, I'm an adult-ish, you know. I'm an undergrad. <laughs> and i ran into this guy that i knew from middle school and he insisted that he knew me and that we hung out and i knew i was particularly quieter and not popular i was not popular in middle school and i knew i didn't hang out with this guy and he was just hanging around all night he put his hand on the small my back at one point to like kind of push me forward or like be around me and i was like bro don't fucking touch me
0: don't touch me all the back you know mid back and higher we're okay so long as we're actually friends Mm mm-hmm You're touching the small of my back, it's a sign, and it's an extra, extra neon sign if Mm -hmm. I just met you at this party.
1: Uh, Moral of the story, don't touch people you don't know.
0: And it's weird that that guy was like, we hung out, like, you lived through it, you knew you didn't.
1: I knew I didn't hang out with him! You know what, I was so gaslit in this that I actually reached out to two people who have known me in childhood, and I texted them, and I was like, hey, was there a moment in time where I ever hung out with this guy, and they're like, literally no.
0: No, that guy be scheming, that's like a weird (sighs) scheme. But no. I'll never see him again. And he's not listening because only my uncle listening. listens. So.
1: <laughs> That's Melinda's uncomfortable. She's very into David. She's touching Ivy. She shouldn't be touching Ivy. And she also reveals to us that her mom used to work in the home that they now own. Yes, she uh, took care of the old dude. Melinda was with her with her mother while she was working, so she knows the ins and outs of the house really well, and she was. Sort of expressing a lot of nostalgia about the house. So Ivy, again, being nice is like, yeah. Uh, Oh, I don't think she offered. Melinda was like, can I go in and take a look at the house? And Ivy goes, yeah, absolutely. David, go show her.
0: I mean, what a bold move to invite yourself in. Mm
1: -hmm. Melinda
0: really was like, oh, yeah, me and my sister Ruth used to like play in here all the time. And so Ivy's just being nice because Ivy's nice. And David's just like, oh, okay, I'll show you inside yeah is that sort of the end of the yard
1: sale scene it's yeah that's pretty much the end of the yard sale and i think that's ivy doesn't
0: follow them in she like sits down in a chair because she's like holy shit i am carrying a bowling ball (laughs) in my crotch god She really looked like she had aches and pains. She did great body acting. She did a
1: great job. So she, you know, she sits down because she's heavily pregnant, as we've said. Heavily. Heavily pregnant. And uh, husband takes Melinda, gives her a tour of the house. And that's kind of that. We skip to the next morning after Ivy and David have cleaned up the yard sale. And they're sort of discussing their plans for the day. And David had promised that he would clean the attic for Ivy because, again, Ivy is heavily pregnant. So bad. Uh, so pregnant, but that changes suddenly, and he has to be somewhere. Just all of a sudden, he has to be at work, even though he doesn't normally work on this day. So Ivy does an incredibly normal thing. and goes, oh, why do you work today? You said you would do this. Something change? And David does this thing that he continues to do through the entire movie, which is just not answer. Like, just do something else.
0: Yeah, he does a lot of, like, slithering, dodging, and deflecting.
1: Yeah, deflecting a lot because instead of answering, he's like, Oh, there are, you, there are kids outside kicking around our shit, kicking around our garbage. Looking at that, and, our old yard sale shit on the curb. Like, yeah, you get okay. those kids out of here. I, uh, first of all, I want to say those were not children. Those were <laughs> whoever casted these people. Those are full grown ass adults kicking garbage around.
0: And it was, they were actually like properly going through the stuff. I was like, they're <laughs> They're not like making a mess they're like trying to figure out if they want to take this fucking dirty ass tablecloth with them like what is the problem <laughs> what is your problem David
1: but I also this is where my paranoia started because I was like oh oh no was something just planted it, it did something happen was something going on with the trash did he have something in the trash why did he react so strongly like my paranoia is already kicked up because I know Melinda is going to play a part because I know that the dumb waiter is going to play a part, and I know that they're going to be secrets. So I'm like, all right, there are secrets in the trash. i figured this out. <laughs> this is very much us
0: knowing what the clues are and trying to, like, smash them together as we're moving through the plot. <laughs> because we all know something's going to be something. Like, after David leads, like, best friend Jody comes over, and she comments mm-hmm. that one of the knives on the knife block is missing. And I was like, well... <laughs> It was gonna That's be something. Gonna be later, <laughs> we wanna talked about it if it wasn't something. Even at the yard sale, I would just like <laughs> to say, Jody, this has an offhand comment about like, wow, you got David to part with his old bowling equipment. He loved this oh. stuff, and I was like, how is this? I know it's gonna factor in this <laughs> again. Checkoffs guns everywhere. <laughs>
1: And it does circle back. I couldn't believe the plot brought us
0: to bowling, but more on that later. I, sh-
1: I should have been paying more attention to Jody because she really was just, like, the fountain of information. She was the fountain of information. <laughs> I did not pay attention to that bowling thing, and I'm like, holy fuck, Jody had all
0: the answers the whole time. I mean, I had the advantage of this being my, like, fifth time watching this, so oh, yeah. Okay, also that's that. Right. That's was- right, that's right probably far more subtle than how i feel it is i really felt like the movie was like smacking me over the head with all the clues but i have the benefit of hindsight
1: (laughs) see like you saw that clue and i was like jody shut the fuck up like just tell something (laughs) jody with the brown hair stop talking (laughs) stop Oh, so David goes to work goes to work suspicious David goes to work and Ivy's like alright fuck it I'll do it myself because she's a woman and she's multi-talented and she goes to clean the attic
0: hold uh, on
1: is that uh, where uh, this happens? Uh, yeah where well, she steps on some glass
0: oh do you want to talk about Theo's intro though first because it happens a little bit before
1: oh I guess I didn't feel like I needed to note that I thought Theo was oh, oh. is this when he comes in? This is where he comes in, and I just
0: feel like we got to talk about him because he does play a big part later, especially Mm -hmm. because he's a lawyer.
1: Mm -hmm. So. I mean, he just, he uh, appears in the kitchen, right? What is, I can't remember. Is this when he brought in his propaganda? This
0: is when he brought in his propaganda. (laughs) And he zooms past being like, i got to smack this all over your lawn. I didn't help with the yard sale, even though I said I would, and now here's a giant thing with my face on it. And he, like, (laughs) sails through, jackassing around, um... (laughs) and I said I made a note I said uh this actor's pretty good like we only see him for two sentences here but he's already Mm -hmm. coming across as like a little schmucky Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a schmuck and I like that yeah I mean he would be an infuriating person but the actor's doing great at coming across as that um and I just felt like you would want me to include
1: I do thank god you did go ahead
0: Jody's like Basically, like, haha! Isn't it crazy that that guy who used to sneak into the girls' washroom to take a pictures <gasps> is now running for office? That's
1: right! Oh, my brain just erased that. I was like, I don't, wanna know. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: I, want to know. Yeah, I, I felt in my heart you would want me to slide that in there. God bless it! I heard it and was like, what the fuck, man! Oh, like, my... I mean, God. we did sort of. You and I are old enough to live through the tail end of like this kind of perverted, boundary-crossing, not-okay behavior mm-hmm. being expressed in the media as being, like, a fun, harmless sort of shenanigans thing that, like, boys will be boys, and they do. Yeah, like, mm-hmm.
1: there's a whole trope in 80s movies of that.
0: I like, had a boy 90s. jump
1: out of my closet when my friend and I were getting dressed one time. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Wait, your closet... In my parents' home. I think we, were, <gasps> we had to have been middle school. Bro, what the actual fuck? Yeah, they're... This is interesting. That comment by Jody reminds me of every time I've had to describe sort of an untoward, uncomfortable uh, situation to a friend of mine and then realize what I'm saying, see their faces and go, oh, oh, that wasn't okay. And everybody around me just made me feel like that was okay. I was so
0: normalized, though. That's it was the super thing. Normal.
1: 2011. It... Yeah, I mean, this movie's 2011. And that was I... sort of an offhanded comment from Jodi. You're right.
0: Yeah, and it would have been what, like the 90s when they were. Uh, yeah, doing high school stuff. hmm According to David's hair, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was in the mid-90s. Right,
1: correct. Wow, thank you so much for bringing that up. I, yeah. my brain was like, I can't handle this information. I'm too busy distrusting David, so. Yep,
0: and, uh, also Ivy's necklace gets, um...
1: Oh, yeah, it disappeared.
0: Well, David's weirdly insistent about taking it off Ivy's necklace as she takes a bath. Um mm-hmm. And like that was like a big foreshadowing that something's not gonna go great for Ivy Mm. because the protective amulet is gone. Yeah, and the tiny note here that David kind of looks like an off-brand Andy Samberg. (laughs) What do you think about that?
1: Oh my God, I agree.
0: Right? Don't they look like they could be cousins?
1: Oh my God, you're right. Are they related?
0: I didn't look up David the actor. We'll do it later. We'll do it. I don't later. know. Oh I mean, I full disclosure, I am into Andy Sandberg, weirdly. He's very charming, but David can go like David could fuck right
1: off. I hate yeah. David. But anyway. <laughs> Not charming enough. Uh so they yeah, they lost she lost her necklace. Her necklace disappeared after he oh. was so oh, yeah, insistent it did about removing it.
0: So items are disappearing, like the knife, she loses like a toothbrush or necklace, mm-hmm. and she's like blaming it on pregnancy poo brain. <laughs> Which, I mean, that is a thing. And understandable. Um, I, I was this past weekend. I was um, at my brother and sister in laws, and my sister in law is very pregnant. Oh, and congrats. I, I wonder if she remembers this, but she was in the kitchen. She misplaced something, and she just stopped where she was. And Katie just went, "Okay, Caitlin, use your brain." She <laughs> 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 like psyched herself up to like relocate an item and it <laughs> so I re- Ivy doesn't really bat an eye at any of this because I think she's just been losing stuff oh, and so it's reasonable to me I, yeah. I wasn't like I- Ivy you irresponsible ding dong I was just like <laughs> oh yeah no this is par pregnant. for
1: the course she's yeah, pregnant. But... <laughs> no, fuck me. I don't have to be pregnant to act that way I am actually an irresponsible ding dong sometimes so <laughs> that's on having anxiety anyway so they lost they lost the necklace whoever they are the necklace is just lost um Mm -hmm. and ivy's freaking out and i honestly understandable superstition is a thing that really grounds people sometimes she really believed that the necklace is really important and that her grandma was watching her yeah and david is a dick about it not surprising yeah he's just like (laughs) rushing her out the door and
0: then that brings us to david being um, kind of untrustworthy, leaving, not cleaning the attic. And so, I mean, Ivy didn't have to clean the attic. Mm -mm. But she was very much like, I am doing it. And she drags that fucking vacuum cleaner up to the (laughs) third floor. Oh, my God. I'm not pregnant, and I would never even fucking do that. That woman. (laughs) She's determined. This is why Ivy's better than me,
1: but... (laughs) reason number five yeah. uh yeah she she does that and mm-hmm. while she's cleaning she steps on some broken glass and cuts her foot do you remember what she exclaims no
0: <gasps> she goes ayayayayay <laughs> which no one says what? that anymore ayayayayay uh- uh, I have expected you... David to, like, reappear, <laughs> enter the frame, doing a kick flip on a skateboard and being, like, radical. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, my, oh my God. Ah, yeah, yeah. What would you say if you stepped on a piece of glass? I'm so glad you brought this up, Allison, because <laughs> something like this absolutely happened to me. <laughs> so <laughs> to tell you a brief tale, I'm going to have to edit right. so many of these stories out, but this one is relevant, okay? Because okay. I will tell you what I said, so that job that was terrible <laughs> that i had
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i uh managed to wrangle myself a demotion and a transfer to a different store congrats so on my very last day at this fucking store at the consultation counter i stepped on a fucking piece of glass like in front of people like there were customers oh. and there were like my employees and stuff and All I know is I felt I was wearing sneakers and I felt something extremely sharp, actually in the exact same place where she cuts herself in the movie that she stepped. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I believe underneath my breath, maybe actually probably not. Probably. I didn't care at that point. I just went, fuck. And I was like, I will be (laughs) right back. I limped across the floor, down a set of stairs, across the floor, up another set of f- stairs, and, like, burst into the manager's office. And my manager was like, what's going on? And I was like, S- something is happening to me. <laughs> oh, shit. So I took off my shoe. And all I could see, he was just like, Cause, oh, the Because my sock was just, like,
1: filled with blood. <gasps> Girl.
0: And there was, like, a hole in it. And I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? I, like, took off my sock. My, like, foot was... a smeared with blood Ah! i didn't know it was glass i was just like what the fuck is this so i turn over my shoe and there was a piece of glass and i don't even know how it got out to the consultation counter because where we Mm -hmm. broke down glass was across the floor in the production room and we were really good about cleaning up glass Mm -hmm. so uh it went pierced through my shoe and into my foot and it really was like the most appropriate goodbye present, like the farewell send off from that job, <laughs> fuck this was that. <laughs> Holy shit! So yeah, so you know when she's just like, ay ay ay
1: ay ay, I was like that that that. That's she should have been not... screaming fuck. I mean, I've yeah, stepped because... on things. I've stepped huh? on things. I've stepped on things before, but uh, because I was a child who grew up running around barefoot on rocks, my feet are now also rocks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> little hardened S- hobbit feet. I have little hobbit feet. I mean, uh-huh. it they are they're frightening. So I have stepped on things and they're just like sticking out of my calluses. I don't even notice. And I'm like, oh, pluck them out. <laughs> it's disgusting. You just like, two hooves at the bottom of your. <laughs> Sagittarius, baby, I'm half horse. Anyway, I- <laughs> okay. okay, so she steps on glass and says something out of the '90s, which. Maybe it is appropriate. I don't know when we learn this, okay? I don't know if it's... And it it feels relevant to me just based off of how insensitive everybody's being. But at some point... Drop it in. Drop it in. Yeah, at some point between, like, the conversation about the necklace and the conversation about David going to work when he wasn't supposed to, we also find out that she has had not one but two miscarriages. She's had two. Yeah, I, I
0: think at some point this information has been told to us uh yeah two um like you kind of get the impression that not only has she had two miscarriages but they were quite late and then mm-hmm. there's a comment later uh which we'll get into i have all kinds of notes about it where you kind of find out the true uh i don't you get more deets on it but yeah drop it mm-hmm. here she's had two miscarriages mm-hmm. that were yeah pretty late and uh yeah i've been through it man
1: she really fucking has dude so we're we're gonna trot into the crux of this whole story which is uh melinda's ultimate disappearance that's where we're trotting to the police show up at their house okay david's home from work from obviously from whatever (laughs) the fuck he was doing and the police are there And they're asking a lot of questions. Well, this is is Detective Frank who shows up, right? Oh, my God. You know his name.
0: Well, Detective Frank Blanchard. Yeah, he's doing his goddamn job. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm about to defend this man. I can't believe I'm here defending the police. It's not the police that show up. It's the The detectives. And he's poking detective. around the trash, and David's all mad because he's like, my trash! <laughs> um, and he's like, actually, I'm a fucking detective. Uh, and yeah, this is where he tells Ivy and David that Melinda's disappeared.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't- Okay, just to be fair- He does do some of his job. He still pisses me off. And I focus on the moments where he pisses me off because I've decided not to like this man. We're going to balance
0: each other. He has very startling (laughs) blue eyes.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not attracted to him. I just think they pierce
0: through David's bullshit.
1: (laughs) I'm not not attracted to him.
0: (laughs) I'm not. He's uh, his hairline has no integrity. But um. oh shit, you're right. He as a person has integrity. Anyway, Allison, we're gonna have a fight about this later. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> oh my god. So the police show up. The detective Uh Ivy is being incredibly precious. She answers every every question with details. Remembers what Melinda was wearing. Remembers what she gave her. Yeah, uh, Ivy's and really
0: worried about Melinda.
1: Like she is worried,
0: as you or I would be if. Mm-hmm we were in ivy shoes we would be like oh my fucking god i just saw her on my yard sale
1: yeah, yeah. And she, she's not answering, like, somebody who has anything to hide. She's like, oh, fuck, this woman who is also as pregnant as me has disappeared. Gives as many details as possible. That's not David, though. David's being very withholding, which Ivy does clock. He's, like, being belligerently withholding, acting oh. like he doesn't know things. And you're irritated because he's just making this a problem.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, the detective, like, gestures to the trash on the curb. He asks if if it's theirs. And Ivy says yes at the same time that David says no. Ooh. And that's, like, the first moment where you're like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the first indication that David's a liar. And the look on mm-hmm. Ivy's face is, like, excuse me, what?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that would change my world. It looked like it changed her world. That would change my world, too, if I had someone trying to slither around like that in front of my face.
1: yeah, Yeah! I'd be having... I don't know if I'd be having a conversation later or just right there, but... It's, it's a mistake to lie about the box uh, because they do end up reaching into the box later. Uh, in the scene, yeah, he does But, it. you know, just based off of that answer, in the scene, yeah, they pull out Melinda's bloody clothes, the clothes that Ivy just described, but with blood on them. And that's yeah. startling because we've heard David now lie about this box in front of everybody like an idiot. If you're going to lie, let somebody in on it, please. And, you know, at this point... Again, spiraling into my conspiracy and my paranoia, I'm thinking, okay, the husband, this is the simple, simple solution, the simple theory. Husband has an affair, killed her, right? Yeah, I mean... Also, he's weird, because he keeps going places he didn't mention. Also, the kids were fucking around in those boxes. Maybe maybe one of them dropped off the bloody shirt. I don't know. But that's all I'm thinking is, like, this yeah. is weird shit.
0: I mean, and, um, well, I think this is the conversation where, because the questioning by Detective Frank is separated into two parts so this is the initial questioning and i believe it is in this questioning that the detective asks uh david like what happened when he let melinda into the house and he's super vague and he's says that he let melinda out of the house and detective frank was like did you see which way she went and david said he didn't Mm -hmm. um but it turns out later that uh that was actually like a lie because David actually didn't see Mindy leave the house
1: so that was a lie
0: that was a lie and Ivy clocks this lie later and she confronts mm-hmm. him about it but this is where that initial lie happens but we don't know it yet and um I have a note here that detective Frank uh really has a flair for the dramatic because when he's like that's uh he's like this box here and he like opens it up like... <laughs> He had already clearly seen that shirt in there because mm-hmm. he was poking around the trash. He tests them to see how truthful they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Dave is a lying liar who lies. And he's like, <laughs> you mean this shirt? And he like pulls out uh, the shirt that Ivy described with like blood all over it. And um, I made a note here. If he didn't go into police work, he really should have become a magician in Vegas. Like, <laughs> That's what I really felt for Detective Frank. Yeah.
1: Wow, well, you know, that's really something. Yeah,
0: it would be fun if he just pulled, I, okay, like so- a, uh, produced like a top hat and just pulled her bloody shirt out of that. But you know, I didn't write this movie.
1: I wish that he had worn a top hat the entire movie, and every time he drops a bomb, he just pulls it out of the hat. You know, because does a lot of <laughs> there's that. so- a lot of dropping. It appears
0: in a puff of smoke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you know this? Did you know this? Uh, I don't know. Okay. What What? about this? Uh, So I've decided, uh, you know, at this point, I've decided that this man, David, is a liar. I've just decided that. um, I'm going to no longer believe David ever. He is a liar.
0: Like. He's a liar. You saw him lie in front of us. Ivy saw it. We saw it as the viewer. And we were just like, what's wrong with
1: fucking David besides his hair? You know? (laughs) Fully a liar. And I don't know. I can't remember what started this interaction, but we do get to a scene where David and Theo are uh, discussing this disappearance or this Melinda situation in Mm. their kitchen. And Theo and David are both acting. uh, I don't know if it's concerned or nonchalant. And it it concerns me that that's the thing I'm drawing a line between, because first of all, they're discussing how crazy Melinda was in high school.
0: Yeah, That's sort
1: of the discussion. And it's gross. She just went missing, and they just want to talk about how she was weird in high school.
0: Yeah, Theo and David share like um. Like a weird look when uh, Mindy gets brought up, and Ivy mm-hmm. clocks it. She's like, "What was that look?" Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, Ivy's on it, and they mm-hmm. they really evade her questioning. They're like, "Well, she's just you know, she's like weird," mm-hmm. and she's like, "Uh, okay." I think this is where she kind of defends her. She's like, "Well, she seems pretty normal now." Like. The detective said she's like a, um, God, what was her There's... job? She was like a supervisor
1: at like a medical lab or something. Oh, I don't know. I thought she was, oh, I mean, she works in the hospital. We she do works in a
0: hospital. She's, she's a, a person who works in a hospital who's like fucking in charge of people. And Ivy's like, well, it, it doesn't matter what she was like in high school. Cause like, she seems like she's doing great. Like mm-hmm. what is with the judgment?
1: Weird. Yeah, they yeah. were being, I mean, something clearly happened, right? Mm-hmm. We know that something between David and Theo and Melinda happened because David and Theo are acting weird about it. They're talking about it like she's just a problem. We don't actually know the story, but we, we're solid in, we know that David and Theo know something about Melinda or at least have feelings about her outside of this situation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And so then we flip to a scene of the police actually doing their job in a Lifetime movie for once, and they seem to be investigating Melinda's house. Her house, uh, which seems to be upon like first interaction with it, nearly devoid of personality. But there yeah, happens that to be apartment was weirdly yeah, empty. But oh, yeah, she had a weird metal house.
0: sculpture on the wall, which I didn't <laughs> understand. Like it definitely didn't come with the apartment.
1: <laughs> of course, she noticed. That. There's like
0: barely anything in the apartment, but like she has chosen to hung that on hang that on her wall. It was crazy. She needed
1: something. <laughs> um, but there's nothing. There's it's devoid except for the sculpture and photos of David on the fridge oh yes it's weird it seems very neat too
0: well the fridge magnets also in the apartment they're like those like letter (laughs) magnets and there's one that says David (laughs) and one that says Melinda oh I didn't clock Um, that oh that makes me so uncomfy the police also serve a warrant at Ivy and David's house Uh and do the search because that's like mm-hmm. the last place Melinda was seen, and Theo's like, I'm your lawyer doing lawyery <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. And this is another Detective Frank scene because he basically um does the newlywed game against David and Ivy and oh. susses out more of David's lies. Remember this? Maybe I do. So don't. they found um David basically lied about what happened in the attic, and like they're like They know about the swan. Anyway, so the the bits of glass that Ivy stepped on is actually from that Depression-era ladle swan (laughs) that she had given her. Mm -hmm. And so basically, Detective Frank thinks that David killed Mindy in the attic and, like, tried to clean it up. Mm. Yeah, and... uh, Because they found bits of the glass in the vacuum. Like, they really... They were hauling ass searching this place. And... Uh, David's just like, oh, I didn't do any of that. And the detective's like, I'm on to your shit. Um, Ivy says <laughs> that she cleaned up, that she vacuumed it up. Mm-hmm. Detective, you could kind of see is like, is she covering from him? Like, he doesn't know what's up. And David looks guilty as shit, may I just say. Yeah. And Theo's like, hello, I'm your lawyer. So glad I'm here because I'm shutting this down, which, good. Like,
1: yeah. you know. He's actually if was... doing his job. He's actually
0: doing his job. so I would be questioned about police, I would want a lawyer with me. Like, even if I mm-hmm. didn't do jack shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ivy and David have that argument. This is where I was fully in love with Ivy,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: because she confronts David about him lying to the police. Mm. And so that lie, as I said before, is like David actually didn't see Mindy leave the house, but he told De- Detective Frank that he did. And she's like, "Why? Why would you lie?" Like she like does that thing with her hand where she's like <laughs> it's on her forehead. And then she pulls it away as she, like, lifts her head up to just look at him and be like, why would you lie? And this was the first example. I wrote all of this down just because I was so mad at him because he really, he makes a habit of, like, flipping things around on Ivy. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, oh, I don't know why I lied, which, like, I hate it when people say that. I hate it because you know why you lied. There is a reason why you lied. You know why you lied. Don't say you don't know.
1: Yeah, just take a second. Just take a second to find your answer if you need it. Like, you don't need to tell people you don't know. Yeah,
0: so he's like, oh why I lied, it was an impulse, like, you were so freaked out this morning about the baby, and there was a detective asking these questions, so I just wanted him to go away, yeah. That's the, that's why. You say, yeah. I don't know, and then you say why? That's stupid. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's just like, okay, so David, this is what David says happened in the attic, mm-hmm. is like, him and Mindy went up there, and uh, she's kind of like reminiscing, and then she veers off talking about how horrible her mom is. And she got so upset that she smashed the swan on the ground. That's why that's up there. Oh. He went downstairs to get a broom to sweep it up. And when he went back upstairs, she was nowhere to be seen. So he swept it up and he went back to the yard sale. So he's like, hands off, I don't know what happened. This is the version he gives Ivy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Ivy's like, why didn't you tell this to me on Saturday? And David's all like, I don't think I'm worth talking about. Besides, you know, you've been all jumpy and crazy and the wind makes the house creak. You get all freaked out. And Ivy's like, so it's my fault you lied? That's the actual line. This is why I love Ivy. Yeah. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: And his excuse, which is, I think, the most realistic excuse that a man would fucking say. hmm you ready for this, Allison? I'm ready. He says, I wasn't not trying to tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know. Motherfucker. Ivy's whole deal is that she's worried, like we said before. And mm-hmm. David at best is coming from a place where he's like, I don't want to get involved. Like, again, I just can you imagine being Ivy and just being like, oh, no, I'm at best married to someone who doesn't want to get involved, helping them locate a
1: missing pregnant woman. Yeah, no, I can't imagine that, actually, at all. I don't think I would ever be in that situation. I'd be fucking wringing some necks. Right? I would be losing my mind. I mean, I'd be, it would just be a mess. It's, and this is like, you know, and I mentioned this somewhere in my notes that, like, Lifetime sort of loves to do this where they, anybody can get pregnant, But in this movie a woman a cis woman is pregnant and lifetime loves to make sure that cis women are either made out to be insane or slowly Mm -hmm. made insane by a thing that is happening yeah and i think that if i was in ivy's situation i would be slowly losing my whole fucking mind
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah so that happens and uh then what happens next ivy at some point opens up a yearbook because she's starting to do her own research she's (gasps) like okay nobody's giving me any goddamn answers nobody's being honest with me i can't get anything from the police i can't get anything from my goddamn husband theo Uh is being weird so she opens up a yearbook and she's like okay i'm gonna figure out like what the deal with melinda is like everybody knows each other from high school might as well start there and she finds a page in the yearbook like one of those big article pages i guess that sometimes people have that list melinda as the most popular girl in school and she questions david about this and it turns out that it was some sort of cruel joke so we get the sense that melinda was definitely bullied that she was sort of the source of a lot of criticism
0: she was definitely carried being voted for prom you know what i mean
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
0: like mm -hmm. and david's he was you know you learn here that he was like super popular in high school but clearly a total follower he's like oh i just knew about it like i didn't have anything to do with it and i was like mm-hmm. okay cool bro so like you're okay being friends with people who would do that to yeah, poor he's Melinda? like oh so unattractive
1: <laughs> exactly and i think they also have another conversation david's trying to scoot out of the house during ivy's interrogation because he's got to get somewhere he's got work again not <gasps> when he normally has work oh yes and, and ivy's like what the fuck like wh- I'm asking you questions about this why can't I ask you questions why are you freaking out and he's like it's your baby shower i'm 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 planning your baby shower
0: Yes, yeah, she invites him to go she wants to go look for melinda mm-hmm and he's like so dismissive about it. He's just being a total dick and then he turns around being like actually, I'm going to go set up your baby shower as a surprise. Like thanks for ruining the
1: surprise. <laughs> and now she's apologizing to him, which I hate. And this happens a few times. It happens with the necklace, it happens with the baby shower. I'm like, "Ivy, have you been oh. so apologizing?" Yeah, and
0: right here he says like he literally it, I mean, everything's all about David all the time. This is why I all hate the- him. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, this, so hard thing, this thing is, like, so hard on me. I don't want to think about Melinda White. I don't want to go looking for Melinda White. I don't want to have anything to do with Melinda White. I just want to do what I want to do today, which is set up the baby shower for my wife. Like, n- nice manipulative <sighs> dodge, sir, but, like... It is, yeah. Melinda White is still a missing, probably murdered pregnant woman. This is not about you.
1: Man's got no sense.
0: He's got no sense. I fu- not a, not But Ivy's late. apologizing because... Oh, my God. You know how dare she think her husband's an asshole when actually he's setting up her surprise baby shower, which like it didn't have to be a surprise,
1: but okay. Yeah, that's on that's on him. Yeah, that's anyway, on him. That this is just so you know, because I mark my times. This is this concludes 30 minutes of the movie. All of that Ooh. was just 30 minutes. I remember from your polos, I was like, oh shit, she's stopping here. Yeah, yeah, I stopped there. But you know, now I open at. The baby shower. The baby shower that is being held at David's small business, which is gardening. He has a gardening business uh, and it's a place like a, like a greenhouse, right? It's like it's, it's like, a plant like a nursery or something, right? Yeah, it's like a it's like a plant nursery. It's like the plant area of Home Depot, you know. And, and it's that's
0: called it. it's called Rose Gardens because his Rose. last name is Rose. When and then I tragically realized that Ivy's name is Ivy Rose. <laughs> I kind of love. I don't know.
1: I think I'm just mad
0: she took his last name because he's him, but whatever.
1: Yeah, because he's a big fucking banana. So. <laughs> he's a big fucking banana. Uh, he's... <laughs> he's just a walking banana. Uh, so we enter the baby shower. Ivy does what Ivy does and makes sure everybody's feelings are accounted for so she acts <gasps> surprise. Yeah, uh, and runs in immediately into her best friend, which I gotta tell you in my notes. For some reason, I could not hold on to the best friend's name, and I was like, <laughs> Ju- Judith, jo- Joanne, Joni, oh, Jody. I like, could not oh figure it out Jody. <laughs> and <No>. Jody, <laughs> Jody is like. Actually, I love this. I I actually don't have any problems with this. (laughs) She walks immediately up to Ivy and she's like, holy shit, can you tell me about what the fuck is going on with Melinda missing? Have you heard about this? Oh my god!
0: Yeah, she's trying to get, like, the scoop on the woman that was probably murdered and seen last at
1: her house. I'm like, (laughs) Jodi? Like, like, yeah, hit the brakes, but I'm gonna be honest, I would maybe... I, I would have maybe found a way to immediately ask her questions and you know David does something reasonable here I don't like him I don't trust him and I think he's a big stupid banana but he does do something <laughs> reasonable here <laughs> he kind of jumps in and he's like hey could you like maybe read the room It's a baby shower we can talk no, about this later maybe don't yeah um, yeah
0: I so mean he's... my ungenerous viewing of that is that he doesn't want anybody to talk about it lest they learn <laughs> that he's the number one suspect <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all about david
0: let's not forget
1: it's the oh, david show so he he stops that conversation and nice little Nana neighbor mrs bendel who you hate oh i fucking hate her i love her because she's like oh i in her ugo dog named not patricia but uh oh fuck i tried to say pegasus which is also <laughs> another name for a dog <laughs> Patricia Pegasus I... this is how my name reaches my name my brain reaches for names that it can't remember it's like just say everything that starts with a p until you get there pepperoni uh just <laughs> <laughs> suggested
0: three excellent names for a dog I know Patricia <laughs> Pegasus and pepperoni I'm running out to go adopt three dogs right now <laughs> and that will be their names. I, you know, they give, if you adopt a dog, there, I have a name. No, I'm retraining them. <laughs> Pepperoni. Oh they, can you imagine me screaming, after, like, sprinting <laughs> and screaming after a dog? Pepperoni!
1: <laughs> I can't. I can see. Like, clear as day. Somehow, my brain plays it in a field of uh, Canadian geese, though. So oh that's the God. scene that played out in my head. Uh, just Excellent. for you to know. A lot so, of <laughs> wing
0: flapping, poop, and honking.
1: Yep. This
0: is where I lost my dog, Pegasus. (laughs) Never saw her again.
1: (laughs) She flew off with the geese. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. And so, Phoebe, (laughs) the dog, not a person, and Mrs. Bendel. Mrs. Bendel, who hands over Ivy this cute little hand-knit yellow blanket. She's like, "I I knit while I'm watching Katie Couric deliver the news. I fucking love her, sweet little nana. Uh that was it. I know you hate her, but that that's I had to include that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm holding my tongue right now. <laughs> say what you need to say. I we'll we'll talk later. I think I've I've expressed enough scorn for her.
1: <laughs> She's like in three scenes of the movie. Well <laughs> and for the last one she ain't doing much, but anyway. So after Ivy exchanges gifts with Mrs. Band Bandale <laughs>
0: I mean, we could call her whatever her name doesn't matter to me because i just like her but
1: nana okay she exchanges gifts with little nana and uh you know it's a it's a festive little baby party and everybody's having a good time except no there aren't because the police show up the police show Mm. up and david immediately starts foaming at the mouth he says and i quote what the hell do you think you're doing coming to my place of business at my wife's baby shower and i was like bro if you really didn't do anything, why are you acting like this? And his lawyer finally says like, hey, shut the fuck up, you should calm down, which is, you know, great advice. Yeah,
0: Theo's like, shut shut, shut be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool, and David cannot be cool. Um, No. I mean, I mean, you don't like Detective Frank, I do, because, um, (laughs) you know, what a way to ruin a baby shower, (laughs) serve a warrant.
1: Do not make me like this man.
0: (laughs) Also, like, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm surprised neither Theo nor David thought that the place might get searched considering, like, David and Ivy's house was already searched. And Detective Mm -hmm. Frank clearly, like, leaned on David super hard and, like, caught him in a bunch of fucking lies. Mm -hmm. Like, why wouldn't you think your place of business was going to get searched? And then also, like, you should be thinking that. And then why would you, like, hold your wife's baby shower there?
1: I mean, this for me just ties into us thinking David is incredibly self-centered, right? Like, why would he think that? Because he has a baby shower to run. No one's going to intrude on him. The world revolves around him. Nothing's going to happen.
0: I just, if I was David, I'd be like, uh, sucks to suck, but I should have seen this coming. (laughs) You know?
1: You have reason, so that makes sense. so, you know, he's David foams at the mouth, Theo puts a muzzle on him, you know, things like that. He's shushing Ivy. Like, the you know, they break up the party, all right? They break up the rowdy fucking baby shower. And David's like, all right, Ivy, you should get out of here. Like, you should go home. And she's obviously not into that idea. She's like, no, I, I want to be here for this. I, I want to hear what's going on. Yeah. I want to hear what questions they have. And he he does, like, not in so many words, say that he doesn't want her to say anything. Well, he Theo's want like, her to if spill you're not bees. here,
0: yeah, it feels like, if you're not here, you they can't question you, so mm-hmm. get out of here, jody will give you a ride home.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that's great advice, and it's also, like, David's also trying to pass off, like, I just want you to be safe, like, you and the baby to be, like, less stressed out, and I'm thinking, there's not going to be a second in this movie where that baby and Ivy are not stressed out, but here goes. Yeah. No. So, she gets in the car with Jody. she, you know, she surrenders that in the car with jody and heads home and i i love this because <laughs> as we pointed out jody is the holder of all knowledge apparently oh,
0: oh yeah she holds the keys to all the gas she's got hot gas constantly
1: i love her i have a few Jodies in my life and i love them um so during the drive home she just spills all her beans beans and tea baby she's got it all and <laughs> that's a all she. Full meal with jody Breakfast, lunch and dinner, teas and beans. So only... <laughs> That's a fucking only about, you know, how often, though, how often she's seen Melinda because Ivy is pretty much like this is sort of absurd. Like, I haven't seen Melinda literally since high school. How is this happening right now? And it's a little creepy. I'll admit, but Jody's like, oh, I see Melinda everywhere. I see her, like, the grocery store, the hospital, uh, the library. Oh, oh, and also Rose Gardens, your husband's business, which is you know, the biggest red flag of them all. Yeah, like, why tr- the fuck she, is she there?
0: She starts <laughs> spilling that tea. She tries to take it back, but Ivy's like, you can't halfway spill. You gotta tell me the whole thing. And Jody's hmm. like, well didn't see uh, Melinda at Rose Gardens like right after last miscarriage like I was dropping Mm off paperwork uh she was there at the koi pond like I'm sure it's nothing um Fun fact about me, since we're just, this is the episode where I drop stories about my old work, I used to call it paperwork, <laughs> peepee work, and pee-pee work. all my employees hated it, but then started saying that too. So, can you imagine, sorry, by the way, I had employees, I had people who had to answer to me, I, 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 I to say. this day can't fucking believe it.
1: What the fuck? Yeah. I can. I bet Thank you're a great you so manager. Much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I really feel like you were you were probably excellent at that. And you said PP work instead of paperwork. You were a great manager. That means you were a great <laughs> manager.
0: <laughs> I was a I think I was a pretty good manager. Um the problem was the management above me was um to put it mildly, not good. Yeah. So we Listen, management all-hash. is
1: usually garbage.
0: Yeah, well I had not to leave awesome. and then I had to leave with uh you know, it was hard to walk out because I had a glass shard in my foot. <laughs> <laughs> that oh was also God. the job. Wait, sorry. Quick side story. Since Please. we're just dropping this here. Um, I want it. It was the, the, the frame. I did custom framing. That was the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the fucking job where people would bring in their, like, sex canvases to get stretched Do you know what I'm talking about? So no. okay, I didn't know this was a fucking thing until I started working here. So, I handled one of them. All my coworkers, um, they all handled at least one or two. And um, what it is is like, apparently there's a kit that you can send away for, <laughs> where basically you have a big old canvas, mm-hmm. and there's paints, <laughs> and you and your partner. No. Smash on it. No, no. And it makes like a, an abstract painting, I guess. No, this is doink on. marks.
1: No, no. This is, oh, God. And. This is sold in a kit?
0: Actually, a friend of mine reminded me of this. And <laughs> it is, there's a kit sold online. And I said, never speak to me again. Anyway, so. <laughs> these couples would like bring in these canvases and like, once you see one of these. Mm-hmm. You you know what it is like. Oh, I I think if you didn't know, like m- maybe you'd be like, oh, this is just like a weird abstract painting. Like once you see one, you you know what it is. That's wild. Oh my god! And like, may I just say, mm-hmm. if you're one half of the couple who's extremely uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, you know, with this interaction, like maybe don't come. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one half that couples that's just like, it's fine. They won't know. And the other half that's like, fuck, they definitely fucking know. And like, (laughs) we we do. We do know.
1: And like, If you didn't want people to know, you would not be getting it framed. I'm just saying. So they would
0: bring it in to be like stretched. Because these are, I mean, they they donked on it. So it's a big canvas. And they want (laughs) custom stretcher bars and have us stretch it. And couples who bring those. Nasty ass canvases into the light of day in public view, and then they demand that a person making slightly above minimum wage to handle it. I don't think I'm being too harsh when Not. I say they should go directly to jail.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Hold on, I have a question. Did yeah. you tell how these people were fucking on these canvases? No.
0: I did. You get a good look at them? You know what? I can discern mm-hmm. multiple positions, obviously, because, <laughs> you know, it was awful. I fucking, you know, I just fucking hated those people. I <laughs> Luckily, I only so, had to do one. I was kind of like at the consulting counter, not dealing with them, but like around when another one was brought in. And mm-hmm. I just, if you're listening, if any of our listeners, any of our fair listeners, I hate to think badly of our besties, but... <sighs> If to any of you send away for a kit to do this, <laughs> and then have other people have to put their fucking fingies on it, because you have to just stretch canvas. You stretch canvas, Allison. You yes, fucking know. I know it's a big, involved.
2: You it's, use your yeah. whole
0: body to make this happen.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You have to spend the whole day <laughs> contemplating these marks on this fucking canvas. What fluids got on this canvas that were not paint? I, you know, we wore gloves, but gloves are not enough. It's just not enough. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my final no. framing stories. Let's just pick up somewhere in the plot. I'll probably cut half of that, if not all of it out.
1: <laughs> it's for our Patreons in the future. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We find out that Jody saw Melinda at the, at the business at Rose yeah. Gardens. And this doesn't line up because uh everyone's acting like they haven't seen melinda in so long mm-hmm. but here we have jody providing ivy with proof that melinda probably did see david before the yard sale and recently
0: yeah it was she said we we get a timeline she says it's like four months before
1: yeah <laughs> no <laughs> it's like it was like four it was a couple months it was a manner of months i will say <laughs> i do think it is incredibly weird that somebody was able to just very quickly access what I can only assume is a mental spreadsheet of wherever they saw Melinda in like the last year (laughs)
0: well you know Melinda was such a weirdo in high school (laughs) I would remember every instance that I saw her too (laughs) you know I would remember everywhere that Melinda was because I would just be coveting her hair from afar you know (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's out of covetedness but like that's what i'm saying it's weird that people are like oh i don't really know her and i only knew her from high school and i don't really think about her but here are all these places that i saw her that's it's weird it also feels like everybody knows something except for ivy which i hate
0: well i really for a second in the movie i was like did ivy not go to high school with them after all maybe she was a couple years below because there was like a bunch of shit that she
1: like or maybe she just wasn't dating david in high school Maybe they were just a few years apart, and then, they yeah, they didn't date in high school. Who fucking knows, right? Who fucking but knows? But everybody knows each other from the one singular high school in this seemingly large town. But I will say, after that interaction with Jody, where she's like, oh, I saw her at the, at the business, and I, again, just to keep you updated with where my paranoid conspiracies are going, I'm like, okay, now I definitely feel convinced that Ivy's husband killed Melinda because of something in high school that he did, and he had to cover up a dirty deed, and he, I don't know... <laughs> turned her into fertilizer for the garden uh, you we're never gonna see her that, again uh, him and melinda were donking
0: on the pile of mulch no no i guess you did no i didn't think that for a single fucking second you know why you know why why well, it because melinda's a fucking 10 and you know david is a three and a half at best and that's also why i really didn't believe him in ivy Made sense as a couple because she's also a ten. It's true. It's true. Even even
1: with thin eyebrows like that, she was doing great. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, you know... David
0: inside and out is a three and a half. That's the thing. <laughs> you know.
1: And David's mm-hmm. hair—the stiffness of that hair wouldn't work well with mulch. I mean, that would be a terrible combination.
0: It looks like a bunch of mulch. You know. <laughs> what? A, bunch of, a bunch of fucking wood chips just sticking up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Camouflage and his spikes.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's why he works there. He used to camouflage. Yeah, yeah. Um. So right. So you know, we're we're bouncing between all of these scenes, and we bounce out of the car with Ivy and Jody heading home to where the cops are, um, digging into Rose Gardens and trying to investigate the area and and see if they can find any evidence. And they go to the back. They go to the dumpsters and immediately find Melinda's bag. They just mm-hmm. pull it right on, right on out of the dumpster. Like it was yep. just, that's, that's where its home was. And they interrupted dinner and it was like, it, it just felt, it felt so planted. Like for me, I was like, somebody put that there. Like, I didn't believe, I, this is why my brain couldn't work out the David killed Melinda thing. Cause everything was just too perfectly placed. Anyway. But, but then you're also like,
0: it's a lifetime movie. So yeah, I mean, maybe, I guess you would just Gilder. find exactly what you need inside of a dumpster.
1: Like, sure. Right. Oh, God. So there's a lot of, like, cop jargon banter during this. Um, but I will say what I... And I don't know if I learned this in this scene or somewhere else during the movie, but the detective whose name I can't remember... Frank! Don't you forget it! What is the matter oh. with you? Oh, God. Fred, all right. Frank so, Frank! <laughs> Frank... It does reveal that there was a situation with his daughter who was pregnant and she was incredibly helpless. And that's why he feels so personally involved in Melinda's disappearance, which I can respect. And also think maybe he shouldn't be on this case because that could potentially provide some biases during the process. That's what I believe. I mean,
0: if I was Detective Frank, (laughs) I would have done the thing. So in this scene, when they pull everything they need to know out of the dumpster... Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cops is like great we got it book him and uh, Frank's like we can't just uh, we can't just arrest it we need a little bit more evidence to arrest David this is circumstantial at best we have to test what's in the bag oh, we can't God. just like arrest him immediately and I'm like good for you Frank because I, I, w- I I'm I, i with that cop where it's just like mm, I don't like the cut of his jib and he seems <laughs> like he doesn't respect his wife book his him jib. He's guilty in bad husband court. It's Bookham.
1: <laughs> so we get back to the house. Ivy's finally home, and she's uh, discussing the situation with David, and mm. she's questioning him. Ooh, and, I I love love this. This oh. and I love this scene. Oh, she's such a good spy. Oh, she's, she's such so a good spy. Good. Now I don't know why I feel this way, but do you have direct quotes? Cause I'm just gonna sort of summarize what happens but I feel like you know the exact words. I
0: 100% do. <laughs> Please tell us. You know why? Because Ivy sets a trap.
1: She sure does. I and you know I would I you know. I've done it. I've done this. I have done this to people. It's not nice but it was necessary.
0: Well gross dumb men like to complain that women like to set traps like this but it's not a trap if you're not lying. So
1: don't don't lie.
0: Th- it's your fault. This is the whole like um trying to skirt around and dodge the blame of like mm-hmm. you set a trap. It's like, no, you're just going to try to distract from the fact that you've been lying and I mm-hmm. caught you in a lie. So, mm-hmm. Ivy sets this trap, which by the way, she is we've we're coming off the back end of three movies where um the, you know, there's like a mystery abound and the protagonist just either asks them directly <laughs> about it, accuses <laughs> them of murder, or just decides not to do anything about it. So, yeah. I was what a breath of fresh air that... Swept away
1: in the current, yeah.
0: David comes home all like, whoa, like off, you know, because the police have been searching his place. And he's like, the police think I have something to do with Melinda's disappearance. And she's like, that's crazy. You haven't even seen her since high school, right? <laughs> and David's all offended. He's like, you know I haven't. And Ivy's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then why did Jody see Melinda at Rose Gardens four months ago? Boom! <laughs> So David instead of coming clean or answering or apologizing, like mm. s- he makes like a scoffing sound at her. Mm-hmm. Rude. And then goes, "Is Judy going to tell the police that?" Like that <gasps> is his main priority, is he going to get away. <sighs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. He doesn't even address the fact that he just lied to her face. He's just like, "All right, moving on." Yeah, and am going like, to get in trouble.
0: Uh, Ivy's like, "I don't know, but what I need to know is did you know she was there? Did you talk to her?" Mm-hmm. And Dave is deflecting with like unreasonable anger. I mean, this dude goes like zero. To- when anybody has like, goes so high up in their anger like that, so immediately I'm like, that's yeah. a deflection.
1: You know they're lying. It's
0: like no, huh? No. I was serious in high school. I told you that. And Ivy, dead ass. Ooh, I love her. She's so she she looks looks at him. She goes, Why are you yelling at me? <gasps> <gasps> uh huh. In my notes, in all caps, I love this bad bitch. That's what she's I wrote. So,
1: she's so good. She's I think she so also says, good. am I not allowed to ask questions?
0: Th- this is, yeah, that happens right now, Allison. Mm-hmm. Allison, that happens right now because she's <laughs> That's all like- That's the line I remember. Yeah. Because I don't know what's going on. I just got done being grilled by the cops and I have to come home to my wife grilling me. And this <gasps> is where Ivy says this guy who he said, like, am I not allowed to ask you questions? Like, mm-hmm. the tone in which she says that is like, are you for fucking real, my guy? Mm -hmm. and so david backpedals he's like of course you can ask me anything you want i just need you to believe the answers Oh lord have mercy i know he sucks he's a classic lifetime husband because like whether he did or did not do like melinda's disappearing is immaterial like Mm -hmm. ivy should still Mm -hmm. divorce him
1: you know she should still leave him because he's just bad at this shit and i will say Here's what I will say, in this instance, in this argument, where he is being a piece of shit, like, he's being an actual piece of garbage. She does say that she's still on his side. And I'll say that I think this is reasonable. Yeah. Ivy has shown that she is reasonable, that she is smart, and that she is willing to defend herself through all of this. And when she says this, she's like, she's really keeping it real. She's like, of course I'm on your side. I want to be on your side. Like, I'm here to support you. We are still married. Uh, so she's not veering off into the course of like being fully delusional and in a denial and like you're the most perfect boy in the entire world and there's nothing wrong you could have ever done or being immediately accusatory so for me this was like kind of a moment of like ivy standing off for me i'm like oh she walks a line that's like realistic that's kind of totally nice. realistic yeah mm-hmm. it was a loaded scene loaded scene and then ivy goes to the grocery store does that happen much later? That doesn't happen much later, but I think somewhere in between the conversation in the kitchen and the grocery store, we find out that there was a bloody knife in the bag. Of course there was.
0: Yeah. I have notes about that. It, whatever. There's a bloody knife in the bag. They test it. <laughs> I don't know exactly which scene they deliver all this information, but they say there is blood and... How do Fetal. they phrase it? Fetal, Fetal blood tissue. It? Fetal, Fetal tissue. tissue. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So, say there's blood and fetal tissue on it, but for some reason, the way everyone <laughs> pronounces fetal, it sounds like they're saying fecal.
1: <laughs> every time! Like every they hit, time!
0: They hit that second syllable wrong, and I kept this area <laughs> as fecal. Fetal and, tissue. <laughs> I laughed, I laughed, I laughed, because I'm immature, and I imagine someone being poked in the butt. <laughs> We've got a <laughs> butthole stabber on the loose. <laughs> Mindy had a poop knife in her bag. Oh, classic. No, it's really bad though. blood and fetal tissue on it, which is so grim and like super fucking bad. And the knife, by the way, uh, matches the da 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 missing knife from the kitchen that we heard Mm -hmm. about.
2: Mm -hmm. We knew it had to
0: be something. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. So the next day, David again is disappearing, but he tells Ivy where he's going. He's like, hey, Uh, you know, they're talking at their little kitchenette table. And he goes, all right, well, I'm going to be out for a little while today. My screwdriver's missing. Uh, He gives a preemptive alibi saying he's going to the hardware store. So he may not be home when Ivy gets back from running errands because that's what she's about to go do.
0: He also built the crib right before he left, which could have been a sweet gesture. But I just thought it was pure manipulation because I didn't like him.
1: I mean, if you've been, if you've ever been in an argument with somebody who is not ready to take accountability for their actions, or is somebody who is um, practiced in love bombing, you will find uh. that they, instead of speaking to you, acknowledging and working through in a situation, they'll just like give you a gift. Things are fine. I did this nice thing. Ignore all that. It happens. Uh Right, so all that's happening. His screwdriver is missing. He's going to the hardware store. Ivy is going to the grocery store. She's getting groceries. And this is where we run into what I am convinced can only be described as a mythical creature, okay? Very much. Has to be a fucking fountain of knowledge because this old friend from high school just appears in the grocery store, and he's just willing to, to say anything. He's willing to just give her... Important information, important clues for seemingly no reason just for bumping well, into her. I thought Tom from high
0: school, the beautiful mm-hmm. mythical creature Tom from high school, <laughs> sees Ivy in the cheese aisle. And mm. um, I thought it was sort of realistic because he kind of like brings up the whole thing with like Melinda missing. He kind of knows that their house was last. But he's sniffing. For information, it seems like. Oh,
1: yeah. He was on a little
0: fishing expedition a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you want to get some... You want to reel something in, sometimes you got to give a little nugget out. Mm. So that's what what I thought about Tom. By the way, this is, I mean, again, my nightmare. I would fucking hate (laughs) being in my happy place, reaching for some goddamn cheese. And then, (laughs) you know, my as my fingies touch the provolone... Someone's Probe like, alone. Hey, don't I know you from high school? I'd be like, oh, fuck. Leave <laughs> me and my you. sharp cheeses alone. Oh,
1: my God. Anyway, so he tells, her, he tells her a lot. He's like, basically, the whole story of Melinda unfolds before her. He goes, everyone knew Melinda. She worked at the bowling alley. And the football team went there every Monday. And they teased her while she was at work because there's not nosed kids. And apparently, David was the only one who was really nice to her. So this friendly neighborhood intelligence operative really seems to think that it's impossible that he could have disappeared her. Uh, and I, I want to put a quick note here to let everybody know that teenage boys are monsters. Stop letting them out of your house.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom tells this story like it's charming, that they were complete fucking nightmares to... I'm, oh my God, like, can you imagine having a part-time job in your town and just getting harassed by other people in your grade every time you go to work?
1: Yes, actually, I can't imagine that. it probably fucking suck.
0: Oh, I I thought you were going to be like, it happened to me.
1: No, it didn't. I mean, my part-time job in my small town was terrible and I hated it, but luckily nobody from high school, like, waltzed in and tried to be like, (laughs) because it was a grocery store cashier. You can't bother me. I'm incredibly hard to bother that way. Um. I'm going to get my feelings hurt real fast and make it a situation. I'm not fun to bully. Therefore I was not bullied. Do you do you also go 0 to 80 miles per hour cuz that's 100% 80. what I do. 80, honey. <laughs> 100, baby. Yeah. Pedal don't to the pick metal. On me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a tip for tat. it's a tip for I'll cut your throat. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm I also I struggle with that. I um uh-huh. I, I don't my brother once made fun of me for it. He was like, why? You always go like, straight for the fucking jugular. I was like, I don't know. I should probably oh.
1: calm the fuck down. <laughs> like, no, you're right. You're just doing yourself. And see, this is the problem. It's like, you can't bully me. You, <laughs> you can't, bully you, can't... Me. you can't bully me. You think you're being funny and not nice? I'm just going to be not nice. Anyway. Oh,
0: man. But this was, I mean, this was advanced 90s bullying. This was. Yeah.
1: Going to somebody's job bother them every monday oh, like, The entire football team can
0: you fucking yeah. imagine
1: fucking heinous
0: like to be fair the football team at my high school first of all we were terrible we always competed for last or second to last place <laughs> i think almost every year in the state wow you know that oh my god this episode is full of stories so us <laughs> and our neighboring high school who like our rival because <laughs> It used to be only that high school existed, and then there were too many kids, so we were like the newer high school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, we competed over a milk can. <laughs> you know, those giant old ancient antique milk cans? There would be an epic game between our high school and the arrival high school called the milk can game. It was a literal milk can we passed back and forth, and there was a tally on it about like who won each year. They like marked it. Wow and uh, we basically always lost. I think my <laughs> I think my freshman year we won the milk can and people were like, "Oh, we won the can." Wow. And I was like, I, I don't I truly in my heart don't care about this. That just means we're <laughs> second to last in the, in the state. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful for us. And then we lost it every single year since then. Oh, I think shit. I mean since I since I know. We maybe we're better at football now now I don't know. Oh, I think I started telling that story because our football team was not very good, and I don't know if there's a correlation or not, but I don't think any of the boys from my grade who were on the football team would have been doing this at the bowling alley. I think Although one of some. them was my friend and did moon me in the middle of ceramics class. And That's funny, caught. Though. It was really funny. <laughs> he fucking moon me. at the. He was standing at the front of the class. And oh, all the ceramics like, wheels were, like, facing towards the side of the room. You know, I was like making ceramics? fun of him for something. Yeah. Anyway, you know what? And he turned around and just... Tra- wow. Drowned, ...mooned me. And I was like... Oh! And I looked around and no one else saw. A classroom Excellent. with, like, 20 kids and a teacher. Oh, my goo. <laughs> it was... <laughs> it's actually a treasured memory. Kevin, you're really never, you, you'll never be listening to this, but just <laughs> now. Uh. Yeah, so that's the whole, like... Their whole bowling alley thing. Ivy really didn't even fucking know that David did this. She had no Mm -hmm. idea about, like, Monday night bowling night. So that's when I sort of started hypothesizing that they didn't run in the same circles in high school, you know?
1: Yeah, well, she ends up uh, driving home. And before she gets out the car, Detective Frank, he sort of saunters up to her window, trying to be very calm. Almost like somebody who's approaching, you know, a startled horse. Uh, the way he catered to her to get her to come in for questioning was bordering on creepy, but I just am chalking it up to the power of pregnancy. It was really weird. He was really trying not to stress her and the baby out. Um, but I didn't like it and I found it icky. I'm sure you think I, differently. I,
0: I think um it was a manipulation tactic because I think she thinks the whole questioning is going to go one way because he's being nice and gentle with her, being like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go. And then as soon as they get in the interrogation room, he throws down the fucking gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: the fucking worst. We find out, yeah. first of all. The- oh, <laughs> how dare
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> he's worst. First
1: he's worst. question
0: out the gate. I mean, again, the fl- the showmanship involved.
1: <laughs> go ahead.
0: First question out the gate, they get situation <laughs> situated. Theo, oh, she learns that um her husband uh-huh. Ivy learns that David was actually being questioned. That's why he was there, and Theo was mm-hmm. already there. So Theo goes in to support her, and he's like, "You keep your mouth shut. Don't worry about it. Just trying to rattle you. Like they're just playing fucking games." So we're like, "Okay, Theo's in our corner. All right, all right, all right." Mm-hmm. <sighs> Frank sits down, and he opens with. Mrs. Rose, when did you first realize your husband was having an affair with Melinda White? Oh. Oh.
1: Oh. And we know we know what? We also know he's watching. We know that David is watching from the other side of the glass. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, so he wasn't at the hardware store. He was just getting questioned and he didn't want to tell her. That's fucking annoying. This guy's still lying. Yeah, just like... Also, <laughs> you, you could have just, like, texted her. You and, and if that wasn't what happened and you had to suddenly go in for questioning, this is this lends to your theory that nobody in lifetime knows how to use a goddamn phone because he really could have just texted her. He could have I called think, I her. Mean,
0: does a phone appear fucking once in this entire Not even once. Movie? But
1: you know they have them. It's 2011. Mm. They got them. Call her, stupid ass. So he, yeah, Yeah. he fucking throws down the first bomb. How how long did you know your husband was having an affair? And he drops bomb after bomb. Did you know your husband was having an affair? Did you know she's having his baby? Did you know we found a knife? Did he tell you that everyone said that she was, wait, did he, wait, hold on. Did you got it? Did, (laughs) did you know that she was telling everybody that he was her boyfriend? Did you hear about the voicemail? I mean, he could have just said anything. Did you oh, Did oh, you hear about yeah, the hit yeah, and run? Yeah. Did you hear about their Whoa. their furries? Did you know they go to these conventions together every year? He could have said like any fucking else, and I'm just any out. fucking. I mean, he pulls you. Th- so he
0: like pulls out like all the evidence from a bag that has like all the fucking DNA DNA on it. The knife. The fucking everyone. Oh my god, they do have phones. We sh- we see it right here. No, because he pulls out. Actually, he pulls a recorder out of his oh. pocket. Oh. So you think it's the end because you're like, ooh, that's a lot of fucking evidence. And mm. then, <laughs> my boy Frank, I do love him. Frank, out of his like blazer pocket, pulls out this recorder and he starts playing it, and it's a voicemail f- that David left on Melinda's answering machine, like that <sighs> Saturday after the yard sale. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's kind of it's or whatever. but it is like, are you there? Can we talk? Like the way we left things today, like. You know, we got to talk things over. I didn't realize, like, what was going on. But, I mean, it's vague. But one thing is for sure, which is David has been lying to Ivy up and down. He's all like, "Oh, I haven't talked to her before or since. Mm -hmm. But he called her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He has her phone number. Mm -hmm. And is leaving fucking messages all over, Mm -hmm. like, we need to talk. So we intended on talking to her again. Big so. fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. So
1: obviously Ivy is now pregnant and spiraling. Oh my god. She too
0: full-on excused herself to go blorf, which, you know, understandable. You know, she she needed to.
1: And I, you know, okay. Listen, it's lifetime. I don't trust any fucking man in this this universe of anything. And I mean you shouldn't. I, I don't. And I'm not necessarily in life on the men are all trash train anymore, because I don't actually think it's not like fun to ride no more. It's a lot of energy. Yeah, it's
0: a lot of, I mean, in real life, it doesn't apply. I know I'm definitely guilty of making a lot of jokes on this podcast about it. Sometimes
1: sometimes it's kind of, sometimes it is fun to ride, but I'm not on it all the time anymore. I'm not, like, buckled in. But I do blame every single fucking man who has a name in this movie for the issues. Like, literally all the men in this movie have been a fucking risk to Ivy. The thing about our boy, okay, my boy,
0: Detective Frank, (laughs) is that his interests run countercurrent to hers yeah right because him doing his job well does threaten her marriage that threatens david mm-hmm. so he's not an outright villain but he is definitely like uh he's not doing anything for her he, he can't help her basically no.
1: and he's not necessarily you know? trying to help her he's he really is just trying to do his job which is unheard of in these movies yeah. can i pull some uh, quotes here Oh, go About ahead. their little
0: chit-chat outside the station.
1: Please.
0: Because this is when I was like, well, I already liked him, but I was like, I, re- I respect this. So, oh, so Ivy blorfs and she sees David being cuffed and taken away. He's officially arrested. Um mm-hmm. And Detective Frank meets Ivy outside and he says, I mean, he gets real with her. He's like, look, look, I know I was harsh in there, but sometimes the kindest thing I can do is to hit someone with the truth all at once and get it over with. mm and but Ivy's still salty, which is also fair. I love them both. She's mm-hmm. like, "That's your kindness," and he says, mm-hmm. um, "The hardest part of my job is telling, so, um, is telling someone like Melinda White's sister that her loved one is like likely murdered."
2: Mm-hmm. And the
0: second hardest part of my job is telling someone like you that their loved one might be the murderer. I'm sorry you had to be that someone today.
1: And I was like, no. my boy. I still found this man manipulative, even in that moment."
0: I mean, it's his job to be manipulative. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm giving I'm such a fucking Scorpio, no. (laughs) (laughs) My true colors are really shining. I'm like, I see no problem with the manipulation so long as it's in the quest for good.
1: Um, so here we are. That's that's a whole mess. And I at this point actually I'm thinking, like, I'm actually thinking everything is a risk to Ivy's baby because all of this stress could maybe induce some sort of labor and maybe even cause another miscarriage. That's a mess. That's a whole mess. Dangerous. And also, I'm feeling pretty fed up with Theo because at this moment, while I'm watching this movie, I'm like, he fucking knows something. He should he should fess up. Make this easier for everybody. Tell her what is going on. You're clearly hiding things. What did y'all... What, what happened? Because he has to know. I'm thinking, like, he has to know what happened with David and Melinda, potentially. Like, what the fuck is this mess? He gives so, her, like, a little snack a little in bit. the car of this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was something about bowling?
0: Well... She asked him about the bowling league because our helpful um, grocery store Forest Sprite Tom um, <laughs> offered that up and uh, she confronts him about it. And Theo's response is dicey. He's like, uh, who told who told you about that? Like that Melinda worked at Ooh. the bowling alley. Ooh. And Ivy's like, what does it matter? Is it true? And Theo's like, yeah. And Ivy says, why didn't David ever mention it? And Theo says, because I told him not to like. So basically, this is a reveal that Theo apparently instructed David not to mention it to the police because they would have asked around and found out that Melinda had a huge crush on David in high school, mm-hmm. which we kind of... You felt that when we when Melinda saw David mm-hmm, at the yard sale, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. you do feel that. So the thing about it, he says, is that it doesn't actually mean anything. You know, he Theo not for one fucking second thinks that David... Is having an affair now or like mm-hmm. disappeared Melinda, but he's like, it doesn't mean anything, but the police would absolutely try to spin it into something.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: we're just, that's why I told him not to mention it and we're not talking about it, which I yeah. thought was fair. I mean, the police yeah. would try to spin it into something.
1: It is fair. Too bad I don't trust him. So I was like, I think you're full of shit, but all right. I
0: mean, it, he's so, he, even when he's like doing good things and making sense, he's still, he's still a fucking schmuck. So, yeah still true to character
1: (laughs) so Ivy Gets and has you know a full-ass meltdown in the nursery which she needed to do good for her I
0: have a question go on have you ever started crying turned your back to the wall (laughs) pressed your back against the wall and then slid down to the floor maybe yeah oh my god I thought it was a thing (laughs) that only existed in movies
1: listen sometimes it's not really a wall it's more like a door you know you shut the door you can't make it into the room you gotta i am very secretive about my crying so i have oh, I, done it a little bit against the door yeah ugh,
0: dramatic I, uh <laughs> it is very dramatic it is a move we often see in movies yeah i had to source that i had to know if if that's a if that's a way other people besides me cry because that's, that's not what i do <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have done it. I have. It's not frequent. It doesn't happen every time. But you know, <laughs> in a moment of crisis, <laughs> it has been done. <laughs> Embarrassing. Um, oh, God. real
0: quick. Um, sorry, backpalling to Theo. Real quick. Mm-hmm. This is where he floats the idea that David's been framed.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Because he's yeah. like, they found all of this fucking evidence really easily, but they haven't found her body. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. actually make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, either you would find nothing, or you would find all the things. Yeah. Not not like this. Ivy's kind of conflicted about... He says Steve says he's gonna bail David out the next day, and Ivy's like, I don't think I want him at home. Like, she doesn't <laughs> know which way is up, which is fair.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she gets home. She has a meltdown. I think Jody ends up coming over she sure
0: does. And love,
1: she's uh, like... I
0: love Jodie. I was annoyed with Jody at first in this scene.
1: hmm Oh, my God. Are we fighting again, Allison? No, no, no. I don't remember what you're talking about. I want to I hear what you have to say. Well, oh, my God. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> Ivy's
0: like, I think he did it. Because I've just been smacked in the face by all the evidence. And Jodie's yeah. like, how can you say that? And she's trying to, like, argue Ivy out of it.
1: Yeah, it's really annoying. I think I just have the general perception of Jody being a good friend because of all of the other shenanigans that proceed, but, like...
0: Yeah, no spoilies. Jody does yeah. pull through, but in this scene, she's <laughs> trying to, like, argue Ivy out of it, and, like, yeah. I mean, maybe this is a personal flaw, but if my best friend's husband <laughs> was arrested for murder <laughs> and there was, like, a plethora of evidence against him, I, I would not be doing what Jody's doing. You know. Even if it turns out he's innocent, like you would probably have to not be friends with me anymore because I 100% would be like, fuck that man. He fucking did it. Move in with me. Let's get
1: your husband's party. He's a fucking murderer. <laughs> probably same. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, um, oh, cool. You're not going home ever again. You're moving in with me. Yeah. And even if he comes out of this and he's not charged, you're never seeing him again. Please sign your divorce papers right now. We're leaving the country. Yeah. Let's mail him poop in prison. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Eric, Erica
0: and Matt, if you're listening, um, I'm so sorry, Matt. But <laughs> if, if you get arrested for murder, I'm throwing you straight under the bus. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> Nothing to lose, everything to gain. Sorry. Uh, it is interesting the way Jody handles this, like, denial that she's essentially putting Ivy through, because at some point she says something that I find crucial, and also something that's been echoed through time, which is, like, this attitude that whatever they did was just, like, boy stuff, and she says... <gasps> right she goes the guy's got away with a lot in high school but not david he's a good guy and i'm like what do you mean by got away with a lot what?
0: yeah like the boys will be boys this movie is a cautionary tale about boys will be boys i it mean it sure
1: fucking is
0: fucking truly um Ugh. yeah jody's just uh, ivy does get her though she's yeah. indoctrinated but ivy just does get it for a second because ivy's like you saw melinda at rose gardens and david lied about it like what do you think about that? And Jody's like, ah, it got me. That actually doesn't really bother me.
1: <laughs> so J- Jody doesn't right last to long. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, okay, fine. You know, in their home, and then the cops show up again with a warrant, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we're here to search your house. And they end up taking a whole ass early two thousands desktop computer out of the house. Uh, oh,
0: remember those?
1: Mm-hmm. Gigantic. Large. Yep. And they find that on this computer were purchased in the middle of the night some tickets to the Cayman Islands, which is essentially uncovering an escape plan. Yeah. Uh, again, this feels like planted evidence to me. It just feels like even though it's a lifetime movie, there is something cliche about the evidence that they are finding. It is too clear. It is too easy to locate i mean fair but uh,
0: david has he's not helping himself because he, no 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 he's at all. you know unlikable and has no explanation so you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is which is sort of the very reasonable attitude if he brings into the prison when she goes to see him oh. she's like what the fuck is this shit and she's pissed and she says so and she doesn't want to believe it. She feels sick, I'm sure. But at some point during this argument that they're having while she's oh, and- visiting David and his mm. stupid orange jumper, he, I don't, I can't, I blacked out. I can't even remember what came before. I can't remember what came after. All I remember is him saying <laughs> somewhere in this argument, I had to watch you push out two dead babies. I was like,
0: excuse. Oh, no. Uh, excuse. Uh, oh. I anger blacked out. I. Okay, and because the, the beginning part of that sentence, Allison, as if it wasn't bad enough, was... So bad. It's, it's about him. It's an I statement. I've dealt with more death in my life than I ever wanted to. Oh, my God. I watched you push out two dead babies and... Like,
1: like a blame. Like a blame like sentence. Oh, blame.
0: Like, it's a... You, like, you did this to me. You did this to me. I had to watch it. Like, David, how about you fuck all the way off? Like... You He made her, I mean, stillborns. We're talking about stillborn yeah. children. They say yeah. miscarriage, but like, if you're, I mean, this is so graphic to say push out two dead babies. I'm also extremely mad about the wording. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she had to deliver mm-hmm. her, her stillborn children and he's mm-hmm. making it about him. hmm And I, this is where I decided even if he didn't like disappear, Melinda, Same. he deserved to stay in jail.
1: Yes! Same! I was like, you just leave him there. I have... So this is where I came up
0: with a, a different theory about why David is being like this. Like, not <laughs> not the the whole thing about the... about his dead children, really.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The entire him being, like, so irrationally angry and stuff, it's because like, he's like, I can't believe you wouldn't believe me. And Ivy's like, well, you've lied about things before. How do I know you're not lying now? Mm-hmm. And And David's I mean, he doesn't say this exactly, but this is where I sort of picked up like, oh, he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm a man and I'm used to having my word believed. Like,
1: <laughs> that is really how he uh, acts the whole time. Yeah. He, it's I entitlement. Mean,
0: he's really? Yes, it is entitlement. He's really not used to to people not believing him. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that contributes to some of the, um, oh, he almost seems bratty sometimes. Like,
1: yeah, he's straight up a brat. He's an entitled brat.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. Okay, so. he's
1: a ben- he's a banana, all right? I'm not saying things are bananas anymore. He is a banana. So I don't know. Thank God something happened right after the scene that they were referencing the knife with the fetal tissue and I kept hearing fecal tissue over yeah, and over really. again. I got a good in giggle. In the middle out of that. It, yeah.
0: We needed to giggle in the middle of this terrible conversation.
1: <laughs> I went from being absolutely shocked and angered to being like <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poop, knife. Uh, a butthole knife. Um so after <laughs> after coming down from what was a very intense roller coaster of emotions for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: hard to climb down from that energy. Yeah,
1: seriously. I, I was so bad. I I came into another potentially unhinged theory right because throughout this entire movie I'm trying to figure out what's what happened before it's revealed that's just my goal
0: well yeah I mean it's a mystery I'm yeah if I hadn't watched this so many times before I'd be on the same journey with you
1: right so my unhinged theory this time was okay did he make a deal with melinda to get her baby in case ivy has another miscarriage and things went sideways and now she's dead like just because he's acting so entitled to essentially a child yeah maybe that happened i don't know so that's my you know that's the theory i'm walking through the rest of the movie with (laughs) the rest Uh, of my notes are we just shitting on the dog I'm just going to read this sentence of my notes. <laughs> it's like me live reacting. I'm typing notes based off of the Marco Polos I sent you. Okay. okay. And I I go, this dog looks like if Smeagol had hair. It's so ugly. <laughs> its name is Phoebe. I thought it was Patricia. And then I go, oh God, oh no. Nana is knocked out cold with a head injury. That's the whole sentence. Oh there. my God. Well, it's- so that's that's me my way of saying we find mrs bendel on a sidewalk in the next seat when ivy returns home because she sees phoebe and she's like oh phoebe where's your owner the old nana and we find nana knocked out on the sidewalk beside her house
0: yeah she Um, like rounds a bush and sees her um i I wasn't surprised again the second i met her i was like (laughs) she witnessed something because she's in everybody's fucking business all the
1: time I don't know
0: why I didn't like her. I just really didn't.
1: I mean, you've even said you don't like that your neighbors know where you live, so it's really not surprising (laughs) to me that a nosy neighbor would be like, you're on your hit list.
0: You are so right. That is exactly (laughs) what my whole issue
1: is. I'm like, oh, she's so friendly. Because Miss Bindell can't hurt me. Even if she knows my business, what's she going to do? Nothing? Do you think this is a like
0: a southern northerner divide i'm like a east coast suspicious person <laughs>
1: is that what this is no no i think it's just i think i just like nanas because i didn't really have a lot of grandparents around me so i've worked up like a, an ideal version of nana neighbor wow yeah. anyway she's unconscious now uh and the cops are like oh well you know ivy calls the cops and Yes. Um. they pretty much put together that she saw something she shouldn't have and somebody unconscioused her. Somebody made yeah. her pass out. Somebody Detective hit her Frank is
0: like, this is suspicious as shit. However, this doesn't get your husband off the hook. And Ivy acts like that's unreasonable. However, it's not unreasonable. <laughs> Just because your neighbor has been struck unconscious and dragged doesn't mean that your husband didn't disappear, Mindy, you know?
1: I mean, it does mean that he didn't you know, hit your neighbor over the head, though. So I mean, he isn't involved yeah, in that he part. He
0: couldn't have done it.
1: It he's... does mean that the cops are missing parts.
0: Well, and Frank I think that's like, for Frank to admit. Perhaps he has an accomplice. He's like this. Basically, he's like, this could be a loose end, but it doesn't disprove that your husband disappeared. Melinda basically is what he's saying. I hate him. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> he does does make the point though he's like well when she wakes up maybe she'll know something spoiler alert mrs Bendel doesn't remember jack shit when she wakes up and so she's useless
1: yeah she we might as well not mention her because she's like no longer in the movie really at all yeah she doesn't fucking matter she never mattered (laughs) so ivy enters her home with her dog yeah she takes phoebe phoebe she takes clutching Phoebe,
0: Phoebe on, on top of her baby bump. This is truly Patricia the smallest again. dog on the planet. She's
1: so small. <laughs>
0: Little Patricia is roughly the size of a large <laughs> guinea pig.
1: Phoebe?
0: <laughs> Phoebe? Yeah. Yeah, I called her
1: Patricia for you. Oh, thank I you. It'd be, you know, a... solidarity in Patricia. Wow. Yeah. Well, she goes into her house with, with Phoebe and she does the hello thing. She goes, oh, she opens the door and she goes, hello? And I was like, bitch, bitch, what the fuck are you going to do if somebody answers? Are you looking for somebody in your house right now? Yeah, I The dog can't help you.
0: You he supposedly live alone right now. I mean, the running thread of the movie is that like the house has like it's old and it has a lot of creaky stuff. And it sort of makes it puts Ivy on edge mm-hmm. and it makes her husband think she's delicate. Like, mm-hmm. so he, she hears what she thinks, I don't know, is a person in her house. And she does yell out hello. I don't know what she thought.
1: It's just a, a behavior that makes no sense to me, which is why no. I do it when I come home every day. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so she's she's stressed out. She's in her house. She's with Phoebe. And she's made a decision, again, because nobody's giving her information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not it, – it just doesn't suit her. So she calls Jody over. And this is, like, the best best friend energy that's ever been seen. They decide that they're going to break into Melinda's apartment. That, yeah uh ivy is going to leave the house even though she is under surveillance she's going to sneak yeah. out of the house get she into jody's car her pregnant ass out oh yeah she's still good at it and she gets to melinda's apartment with jody they get into melinda's apartment and they're really astute <gasps> yeah. in the observations go, well, go ahead
0: i, I knew we we're off to a great start and they were going to have some great observations because jody fucking bribes the super to let them in Mm -hmm. she gives him a crisp hundo and i was like "Ah." yeah so jody Jody is not playing this is where i turned around on jody i was like i wasn't with you when you're trying to defend david but i am here for you rocking up doing bribes because jody's got ivy's back
1: listen this is this is the moral of the story here kiddos do crimes for your friends absolutely (laughs) do the crime no it's not actually maybe that's the opposite of this (laughs) do crimes for your friends in the name of uh, finding answers I don't know anyway so they break into Melinda's apartment and the weird observations they have I just love it there's no baby shit in this entire apartment Melinda was super pregnant why is there no baby shit there's no Mm -hmm. maternity stuff Melinda was super pregnant where are her maternity clothes and they're thinking this is really strange because it's like nobody even fucking lives there. So they're like, okay, well, where else can we find information? Maybe Melinda's old house. And Jody comes up with a way to get into Melinda's mama's house. And this is, I think, maybe they call up the person who bought it to find the address. I can't. This is no. That, Jody had been details. there for a
0: school project.
1: Oh, that's right. Well, I in do know that middle
0: school or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was, that was creepy for her because she gets in. Oh, I'm skipping away. But like when she gets into the house, she's like, oh, it looks the same.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of, well, we'll get into that. But they do the camera pans and you see a bunch of the weird depression era glass swans also on a shelf. So, yeah,
1: they're they breaking in. <laughs> you, bre-
0: oh, you can't yell. We got to start
1: again. <laughs> there you. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Anyway, they're they're going to do what is one of my favorite, just like, really girly, totally chill activity, uh, breaking and entering, common favorite slumber parties, uh, and baby showers.
0: (laughs) Well, if you (laughs) watch the movie
1: Sleepover.
0: (laughs) I haven't. The classic (laughs) film Sleepover starring, uh, uh, is it Alexa Vega? Oh, shit. I don't know i watched it two years ago as a full-blown adult and was shook anyway they do break and enter and steal (laughs) the hot guy's underpants which is uh wow yeah real
1: boundary crossing we really thought that was fun back in the day anyway we really did so they you know they're breaking and entering into melinda's mother's home and they found the key to the home just like on top of the door uh pro tip do not do this in reality people will find your key don't do that. Do just try a little fucking harder. Anyway, they break into the house and upon entering, Jody goes, "Hello. Why the fuck are they doing this? You're breaking and entering into somebody's house. You're gonna just say hello, you just broke in. I think they
0: thought they were gonna have like a reasonable conversation with uh, whoever lives there now because <laughs> okay. So they originally do not think that Melinda's mom is there because Melinda had said to Ivy at the yard sale that her mom and her sister moved away to Florida. Mm-hmm. But then they get into this house and Jody's like, it looks uh, identical to the way it did in high school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also there is a terrible smell.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible smell. Lots of buckets of what appear to be either sidewalk or bath salt. What do I know? But it's yeah, I, of them. I didn't
0: know what that was.
1: Uh and it's it's an eerie house. Like Jody said, it it looks exactly the same as when yeah. she was in high school, including Melinda's like teenager looking room. And it is just chock full of David Paraphernalia. Diaries on diaries on diaries. This one line Oh god, it's burned into my brain. Oh, tell me. This, this one line in the diary about fucking david talking and his spit landing on her arm and her going all gooey for that is cringy oh, cringy teenage shit
0: oh god
1: yeah she was like very into david yeah, in a way that was
0: teenage shit that is yeah oh boy and so she has a collage of pictures of david but mm-hmm. as they note some of them are recent
1: the collage are holding recent and old photos of David so it seems yeah. like this obsession never stopped
0: no it's it's like uh she still has her notebooks from like high school and stuff and um mm-hmm. and um they come across a passage where you know Melinda's going on and on about how great David is and how much you know she's just obsessing over him and then there's an entry about how Theo followed her into the bathroom today and I was like Mm. ew perverted Theo is he watching her but it was actually Theo apparently was like trying to talk to her about something that had happened Mm -hmm. but uh Melinda's like I pretended not to know what he's talking about so he would go away Mm -hmm. so they're like well what is she talking about and Jody's like I don't I don't know they're trying to look through the diary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and is this where Ivy starts being suspicious of like, Theo yes. disappeared,
1: Monda? Yeah. I mean, after they read through those diaries, it is perfectly clear that something very significant happened at the bowling alley. And that mm-hmm. Theo was also involved because he's named, he is by name in the diary. And she suddenly comes to this conclusion that the lawyer Theo did something and that he's framing David. She's, she's convinced. Like, I she mean, really does pull this theory out of just reading the diaries.
0: I mean, it's, and her, but her reasoning is, Jody's like, that's crazy. And Ivy's like, is it? If something happened in high school, mm-hmm. uh, he's running for political office. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he's the father of Melinda's baby now. Like, w- like he, we don't know. We don't know. But he's also, like, been our lawyer. Has he been giving us bad advice? Like, David's in jail, even though Theo mm-hmm. said he would keep him out. Like, mm-hmm. if he did this, he could be the one that is framing david Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. she also mentions that he has keys to the house i mean i'm glad you put it that way because i was like damn ain't no way ivy just got this theory all of a sudden from reading all this weird ass david fan fiction like where the fuck did this come from but now that you put it that way
0: yeah and theo knew that she was obsessed with david so it'd be pretty easy to like pin it on david he also advised david to lie to the police so she's like holy shit
1: right bad lawyer
0: move bad lawyer move is he being a bad lawyer on purpose for his own gain like you know yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. he's also a banana she wow. goes
0: in the bathroom to blorf because <laughs> she's nervous again she's nervous yep. she's upset she's blorfing, and um They're pregnant again there's a fucking terrible scent in the in the house mm-hmm. and uh the shower curtains open a little bit open a little bit and she turns mm-hmm. and looks and is like holy shit the tub is filled with those crystals that were in the bin yeah Like uh, poking up out of this substance that Allison and I don't know what it is, (laughs) is um the the feet of a corpse.
1: Yeah, a couple toes.
0: Couple toes, painted a uh, a a bad color. It was a weird orange
1: color. Oh, see, this is weird. Our memories are. You're like it was orange. I'm like it was like dark brown. Oh, (laughs) that's just what I remember. Oh God well either way weird
0: we both don't like the nail color anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah so they're like holy shit we found melinda's body like they both really think it's melinda i'm not convinced because we were only shown toes and i know lifetime is sneaky so that's you know the shock of discovering the body obviously sends ivy into full-blown full-blown panic and she goes into labor
0: jody's like Okay, let's fucking go. So she Mm -hmm. like drops Ivy off at the hospital. Mm -hmm. They wheel Ivy away, and then Jody, like a boss, goes to a payphone and sends an anonymous tip to the police that there's a fucking dead body at that house. She
1: sure does. Gotta love Love Jody. I mean, Ivy told her to do it, but the teamwork here, the friendship—it's just
0: no hesitation on Jody's part. She was like, "Fucking Yeah. yeah!" Then I'm coming right the fuck back. Mm Because you're in labor and your husband's Mm -hmm. in jail.
1: (laughs) Got some really big Marianne and Wanda vibes here. There's at some point during the labor process where Ivy is resting. And a nurse who the camera seems to really like, which is why I am suspicious of this person, walks in and gives Ivy something that she says is supposed to help with her labor. doesn't actually say what it is. And Ivy is too, you know in too much in pain in the process of maybe potentially having a baby to really question that and there's nobody else in the room to help advocate for her so this nurse just like gives her some drugs and I'm like uh uh, I feel very uncomfortable with the situation yeah and Jody just happened to be
0: I don't know like taking a dump or something she's literally in the (laughs) bathroom and all this goes down yeah so Jody's not here to to fight for our girl because she would
1: yeah she really would So I mean, Ivy is you know sleeps through the night, doesn't have her baby, just you know false alarm, false alarm, alarm happens. Uh, She wakes up to Theo, the lawyer, just in the room with her. Yeah, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, very intense, intense exchange happens. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I can't fully remember what the argument was. I just know that through the entire one, she's, like, she clearly doesn't trust him. And he leaves saying that, I don't know what your problem is. And that's, like, all I
0: remember. He he is the one who's, like, did you hear they found a body at Melinda's mom's house? Mm. And she's, like, what? And he's, like, yeah, 10 to 1, it's Melinda. And, like, Theo basically thinks that since... He believes that there's a frame on David since they found the body that Mm -hmm. this is going to exonerate David.
1: Yeah. He thinks it's good news.
0: Ivy's still like, I don't fucking like you.
1: Yeah. Get out of my room. I'm pregnant. Get out of my room.
0: Get out of my house. I need to change.
1: So it it ends poorly. And he's like, whoa, you know, he's a bro. He moves. He leaves. He leaves the room. And she's like, oh, thank God this freak is away from me. I don't trust him. Yeah. So, she's now home from the hospital from her oops labor, not she actually gets, labor. Yeah, she gets
0: home, and I'm kind of like, Jody, why don't you let her stay at your fucking house? Like, what is happening?
1: I know. Where? why isn't Jody at least there? But, you know, our girl what? Ivy's just alone. And she's immediately looking for the ugly little dog. She's, Phoebe.
0: Well, she's she hears a for the
1: little thing.
0: crying upstairs. And the dog is, I cannot emphasize enough, so small. There's no way it would be able to get up the stairs. So, she's... <laughs> Upset, but um, you know, I complained uh episode one about how uh our girl Jess just hears a noise in her house and goes barehanded to meet her murderer.
2: Mm. Um Ivy mm-hmm. gets a
0: fucking knife from the kitchen mm-hmm. and goes to investigate what the fuck is happening
1: upstairs. True. I you know, I respect her decision to grab a knife, but I'm also like that dog isn't going to protect you from whatever you think you're going to use that knife on. You almost had a baby. Why don't you just leave? You could just go. You could
0: yeah, just leave. Yeah, I 100% call my friend and be like, but please come get me. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, I'll like, do that meet you at the
1: Starbucks. I'm going to have a chamomile tea. Uh, this is the
0: woman, though, that dragged a vacuum up three stories so she could vacuum the attic because her dipshit husband was off doing work last minute. So Ivy's really, just like, I'm getting it done.
1: I'm going to handle this. I'm looking for this little dog. It's clearly upstairs. So she uh, goes upstairs with her huge cartoon looking knife. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, she's walking up the stairs. And I'm thinking, if that dog didn't appear when she got in the house, it's definitely dead. I don't know why. I I just knew. (laughs) And, you know, the dog's dead. She finds it in the crib upstairs.
0: So fucked up. It's fucked up. Someone slaughtered the dog in Mm -hmm. her future baby's crib mm-hmm that it just left is it there so dark
1: left it there for her to find like knew she was going to find it so gross. yeah i mean and
0: they killed it recently because recent the dog was blood. crying when she walked in mm-hmm.
2: so they use it to up there
0: oh it's so d- well she touches it. i'm like why the fuck are you touching that fucking clearly dead dog but she touches it with her hand she needed to know
1: so super dead dog And it's, like, you know, in the crib. So it's a bit dramatic, but then, you know, she turns around and Melinda's there. So that's, you know, there we go. And then it cuts.
0: Well, Melinda fucking stabs her in the neck with a needle, injects her with something. She drops the knife. Yeah. Drugs her. And uh, he drugs her, and then she wakes up. I mean, this is so terrifying. She wakes up in the daybed in the attic, strapped down. Yep.
1: And Melinda's there. God. And it's, you know... That's a whole other type of banana as well. And she's explains to Ivy that she's doing this uh, because, uh, <laughs> because that's her baby. <laughs>
0: I So here's the thing. I love this actress so much. Because she makes everything. She doesn't do like... I mean, she's clearly unhinged because mm-hmm. she's talking absolute bananas ass shit. But mm-hmm. saying it in such a reasonable way... Mm -hmm. like when ivy's like what like why are you doing this you know the way that melinda answers is like that like ivy's being unreasonable yeah yeah like ivy's like being hysterical like calm down you hysterical woman yeah you know
1: we're just gonna deliver your baby upstairs i'm gonna take her no big deal yeah i was like (laughs) you were in my hospital
0: room last night she's like yeah well i couldn't have you like I stopped your labor. I paused it because I couldn't have you having my baby in a hospital. Where would that put me? That would be <laughs> bad news. Absolutely um, psychotic oh, yeah. behavior. Yeah, she explains that. Obviously, like, you were never pregnant. Melinda's like, no, no I wasn't. But I was pregnant once. And then mm-hmm. my mom made me have an abortion.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's that's a mess of a story because... Here we're learning the extent w- to which Melinda is so obsessed with David that she wants to have his baby, but isn't, or can't, or didn't, and is going to take it from Ivy. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're not gonna pop into this scene of the movie where we're gonna discuss uh, the assault. So if you are super uncomfortable with that, yeah. you don't have to listen to this. Skip
0: forward like five. Two to five minutes. I don't know.
1: However long it takes. Uh, But this is the the time where we're going to bounce in between Ivy the hostage and Melinda telling her the trauma story. And uh, David and Theo in a interview with Frank, the detective. Yeah.
0: Because Frank. uh,
1: Yeah. Frank. Is
0: this the meeting? Because Frank has him in there because they process the body. Mm -hmm. And it's revealed, obviously. I mean, we know Melinda's alive, so it's Melinda's mother
1: Mm -hmm. that they found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's revealed that Melinda's mother is the one who's in the tub, and also that Frank cannot reach Melinda's sister that he's apparently been in contact with. She's no longer reachable. And this is sort of crumbling into this idea that maybe Melinda has been behind this whole thing. And so Melinda gets into sort of explaining why. She's clearly very traumatized. And I think... Um, no, not a good time to talk about your pain when you've strapped a woman down to a bed, but this is how she does things. Uh, she says that she worked at the bowling alley. Absolutely. The football players came in to tease her and bother her. And essentially, uh, Theo assaults her. He takes her to the back room. He assaults her and she is pregnant as a result of this assault. Uh, but because she is so in love with David, because he is actually... Kind to her and shows her a shred of human decency to cope with the fact that she has been violently assaulted and is pregnant she convinces herself that this is david and hers baby that yeah they shared a moment
0: trauma mm-hmm. uh, like a really she's already unhealthy obsessed with them this is like a result of like a deep trauma response
2: mm-hmm.
0: is her mm-hmm. convincing herself that her and david had a consensual i don't, I don't even know the word for it uh, experience a, yeah consensual experience sure it was all so horrible i hated that flashback so much um, awful. and but this sort of directly conflicts with the account that's happening where frank is questioning because frank now has melinda's diary mm-hmm. he read the whole thing and in melinda's diary it's what melinda's saying to ivy which is that she and david had had an encounter and that the baby was his. And David's like, what is happening? What is going on?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
0: And And that was the
1: pregnancy that her mom made her abort, which is potentially why she ended up harboring such harsh feelings towards her mother and ended up killing her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a hundred percent that's why. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what ends up happening is David's like, that is like absolutely did not happen. Is that me? And Frank's like, he he, kind of like mentions the skip ahead if you don't want to hear this, everybody. Um, she sort of talks about the encounter, and uh, I guess during the what what's actually an assault, uh, she mentions that David's necklace kept hitting her in the mm-hmm. face,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: David's like, "I don't wear a necklace. I've never worn a necklace." And then at the same fucking time, Frank and David turn and look at Theo who, mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie, has been wearing this, like, silver fucking crucifix around his neck. Uh-huh. And they instantly, both of them, put it together.
2: Mm-hmm. that It
0: was Theo that did that. Mm-hmm. And Theo does the argument of, like, it was totally consensual. She just, like... Like, I tried to talk to her about it, and she, like, blew me off, so I just kind of, like, thought it wasn't a big deal or whatever. Like, we were drunk. Mm-hmm. And the most I've ever liked, David yeah is D- david fucking lets theo have it yeah he does i mean and i, I was impressed because they didn't try to gloss this over no, david is literally like you raped her mm-hmm. you did that to her she is like you did all this to her and she is messed up because of you like how could you fucking do this like he does not try to excuse doesn't try to do the boys will be boys thing no that no he trying pissed. to do.
1: Yeah, he's oh. fucking pissed. He's like you tra- like you did this to her and she's traumatized. Like this is on you. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he instantly turns on Theo and draws a hard line of like Abs- you're fucking dead to me. Absolutely no way. How fucking mm-hmm. dare you?
1: Yeah, maybe the only good thing that David did in
0: this entire movie. The only good thing. I mean, if he didn't do that, then they had yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. So that's revealed and suddenly all the pieces are together and we're all, you know, I'm suddenly very sad because I'm looking at this very traumatized woman and then this very in trouble woman and I'm like, oh, Yeah, it was a oh real God. final
0: turn and twist. It was like, oh, fuck.
1: Damn, you really had to take me down from my high and put me into reality a little bit, fuck. Oh, so, no. you know, Melinda leaves the room for a little bit. She's trusting that Ivy is good and strapped down to the daybed. She cuts Ivy's straps off. Mm. she's like, I'm not a barbarian. However,
0: if you make this difficult for me, Mm -hmm. I will have to uh, slit your throat and then cut out your baby. And I'd really rather not do that. I'd really rather just medically induce your birth, get the baby, and then I'll just, I'll inject you five or six times and then you'll die peacefully. Like, I'm not a monster. And Ivy's like, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I mean... (laughs) truly i cannot emphasize enough i know it was horrifying but i really enjoyed how they played this character of her just being like uh, completely rational and reasonable like yeah no this is what's gonna happen yeah go along with it don't make it difficult for either of us (laughs)
1: Uh, we'll get it done so that's that's all that craziness happens and uh Melinda exits the room and leaves Ivy alone, which is a mistake because Ivy's like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. She is going to get out of this house. And this is when the dumbwaiter is involved. I knew oh, it was yeah. going to be important. And it is. Ivy's it's like, I remember
0: Chekhov's dumb waiter. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: fuck yeah she climbed into the fucking waiter, pregnant as hell trying to have a baby in labor and i am might like, oh my god i'm spiraling i'm spiraling she's i'm like, actively in
0: labor man yeah down actively in labor thing
1: fucking taking deep breaths and i'm like holy oh, shit she's gonna shoot her baby out into the dumbwaiter and like let the baby escape is yeah, she I gonna get, have the baby Marco in the dumbwaiter i was
0: like <laughs> about her giving birth and having a baby plummet to its death. What is wrong with you, Allison?
1: I don't know. Maybe it would be fine. Babies are soft. I don't know if it would die. Essentially, she's
0: also wearing pants. I don't
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got in the pants. And I was like, oh god, is she gonna get in the dumbwaiter and like, have her baby in the dumbwaiter? Like, what's gonna happen? I really did I mean, actually think my, that was gonna happen.
0: My brain was fully in like... I love that she's in labor, extremely pregnant, shimmying down this dumbwaiter like Santa Claus down a chimney could never... <laughs> You know, <laughs>
1: you're right. Oh, I love Santa, but he could never. He could never. So she's in this dumb waiter. She's in labor. She's like, I gotta get out of here. I'm having this goddamn baby. There's a psycho in my house who's gonna kill me and take my baby. Yeah. And you know, Melinda Melinda catches on because she's been in the house and she knows. So she does eventually find Ivy.
0: Yeah, Ivy makes um, I mean, because she's having horrible contractions while trying mm-hmm. to get down the dumb waiter. She's doing. And, a lot. Um, oh she's doing a lot and um melinda hears it races up to the attic like kicks open the door and ivy's nowhere to be found and she's like i mean you can fuck. see the the pan. yeah she's like
1: fuck mm-hmm. no she's like ah <laughs> yeah uh-huh direct quote
0: this is not radical no cowabunga <laughs> for me dude anyway so she uh hears a noise she goes over the dumbwaiter she's like looks down and lo and behold fucking ivy's down there trying to get to the ground floor but she's at the second floor currently mm-hmm. paused mm-hmm. because she's having horrible contractions mm-hmm. and um uh, melinda goes into the second story she rips open the like basically the the door to the dumb waiter it like slides mm-hmm. down she like rips it open and she tries to grab ivy and ivy's not having it
1: Mm-mm.
0: Ivy fights back, man. I gotta tell you, Ivy really yeah. fucking pulls through.
1: She fucking fight the... She beat that bitch up? Just beat the she fuck, she fuck out of that She beat that woman. bitch
0: up. Oh, yeah. And then she continued, I think, down to the first floor and got out of the dumbwaiter.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct? Mm-hmm. She did. She did. G- getting out feels like the graceful way of saying, like, kind of stumbling out of something while having contractions, for sure. Oh, God,
0: so terrible. Um, She gets out of there, but Belinda's on her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to, Ivy fucking beats the shit out of this woman.
1: I, like, I think I hallucinated this. Did she hit her with a frying pan? Was that, like, just my brain cartooning up everything? I think you're... Maybe. There was
0: something that happened in the kitchen. I don't think it was a frying pan. Um, she hit her with something. She hit her with something. I remember she... Ivy kicks Melinda so hard that Melinda, like, bashes her head backwards against the wall against a mirror and, like... Hmm. She's, like, all fucked up and woozy. She tries Mm -hmm. grabbing Ivy again. Ivy kicks at her. Ivy's Mm -hmm. basically trying to get to Melinda's medical bag. Yeah. Which is on the ground in the foyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And she fucking...
0: It's a slightly drawn-out fight, but basically Ivy gets Melinda on the ground and just stabs Mm. her with a syringe and injects her with something.
1: Yeah. And then... A couple of times. Yeah! Melinda's
0: trying to crawl away... But Ivy is just crawling after her and just injecting her with shot after shot. I think she stops at four. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would do it, too. Oh, and then she... uh uh-huh, Because uh-huh, Melinda... Uh-huh. You want to say it? I know you want to say it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melinda had the fucking necklace on. It was creepy. It was so creepy. <sighs> oh, my God. She had the fucking necklace the whole time. She was wearing it.
0: Oh, and Ivy goes over. mm mm-hmm. And she just rips the necklace off of yes, Melinda's she... neck. She's like, that's mine. Yes,
1: she does. Yes, she fucking does. rips
0: it off so badass. It's not yours. But, um, so this is the point of the movie. I mean, it took me for, a, a, really, a, up until this moment to kind of put together, like, so all that creaking that Ivy kind of, like, hears throughout the movie. Even when oh she, like, really early on when she's in the bath with David and David's like, it's just the wind, blah, blah, blah. It's
1: probably fucking Melinda.
0: It was Melinda the whole time.
1: Yeah. Oh. melinda was
0: hiding out in the house that's how she ended up buying the tickets for the cayman islands in the middle of the night oh my God. stuff kept going missing because she was uh, mindy was stealing it so remember how david lied about seeing melinda le- leave she actually never saw her leave because yeah, she actually she never didn't. left
1: oh okay and- so it's a miracle it's a goddamn miracle ivy ends up having her baby in a fucking hospital and she has a mir-
0: baby. Mi- well, Deeper Miracle of Miracles, I guess Frank let David out in time to be in the mm-hmm. delivery room.
1: Yeah, he was there. That is bu- that is the banana of the whole movie. He was actually yeah. there.
0: I assume paperwork-wise it probably should have taken longer, but I guess uh. not. My boy, Frank, followed through. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. I, ca- oh. I, I was, ex- you know what? I'm excited that we had opposing views on some oh, yeah. things. Yeah,
1: Finally. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Still don't trust you Frank. Know. In fact, okay, I'll get to it though. Like, Right, she has the baby. The baby's alive. That's great. They have a baby now. Happily ever after, except not quite because we're in the car with Frank and Melinda. And Melinda's essentially like shitting on Frank for doing a bad job. She's like, mm, I pretended to be my sister. I killed my mom. I, oh my God, that's right. I planted these things. I d-. She's like, well, Just okay. spelling out and spilling her oh, whole yeah, murderous sure. plan, right? He was like, when did you get the idea to do this? Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? I don't remember when she got the idea. Okay. This is so fucked <gasps> up. So remember Wait, how does... she's this. Yeah. Oh, God. Is this the thing? Oh,
0: God. No, you, 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 you should say it. You should okay. say it. <laughs> so, she's the supervisor at that medical lab. Mm-hmm. She had to test the fetal tissue for... Uh, you know Ivy's very tragic stillborn baby, mm. and she kept some of the fetal tissue to plant uh. on the knife. And I mean, that's where she got the. She just kept it. That's where she got the idea. When that's she, where she got the idea, got. Uh, she was working on those results. She recognized the name. Oh
1: my God. Okay, I gotta tell you when she that reveal to me. I didn't hear that that's where she got the idea cuz all I could hear is that she took tissue from Ivy's miscarriage to place on the knife in her huge scheming plan and I I had to like take a deep breath to recover because I I mean I literally my mouth my mouth was open for at least 30 seconds speechless sitting there mouth open pausing oh, yeah. the screen like what
0: the fuck are you serious I mean, and she talks about it like it's a totally normal, reasonable thing to do. She's, like, proud of it, even. Happens every day. And the other thing, too, is she never even had a fucking sister.
1: No.
0: I mean, so she... They um, should have looked into that. They really should have, but um, they had bigger fish to fry. There was a a poop knife and a a plethora (laughs) of evidence everywhere. and You know, I don't know. So, I mean, what she says is, like, I knew no one would uh question whether or not i had a sister like no one really knew me
1: so oh if God. i because she
0: had mentioned that she had a sister ruth to ivy she planted that seed at the yard sale so ivy corroborates it to the detective you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh so yeah, creepy
1: so th- it was it was it was fucking creepy and then you know she's, she's like, in the back of the car so yeah. delusional like i wonder if my baby's been born yet i wonder <gasps> if i'll be able to hold her and i was like
0: uh, that's exactly what i said I mean, Frank looked fucking haunted driving that <laughs> car. He and I had matching faces. We were like, oh my god. There's just no response for that. No. I mean, you can't... I mean, I guess she's a villain, but...
1: I know. But it, it just, I'm going to blame Theo for the whole thing.
0: Oh, th- Theo's percent. the true villain. He's the actual villain. In that he fucking caused all of this, but Melinda is a villain slash victim.
1: Yeah, Ugh.
0: I mean, cause she, she didn't. I mean, she, I guess she killed her mother, but she um. She did
1: kill her mother. She did try to kill Ivy.
0: She disappeared herself. Yeah, she did. She was intending on killing Ivy. That was true. And she she put fecal
1: tissue on a knife. Yeah, but she you did know some what? Fucked up shit.
0: Fucked up things. I still disliked David more than her.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, really. I mean, same. so
0: uh, he and Ivy had a baby. Congratulations to them. Ivy should still divorce him.
1: Yeah, she needs to leave his ass. That's actually
0: a running theme of Lifetime movies, by the way, is, Mm -hmm. uh, no, your husband didn't do it, but you two should still get a divorce.
1: (laughs) That is something I'm learning. I'm learning that it's really not worth it to stay with any of these men.
0: Well, they're all just, you know, coded in red flags. It is absolutely insane. Although Red flag coding. I loved Ivy. She was so good love she's such a good protagonist i mean we're not you don't meet many ivy's in the no lifetime movie well i don't know
1: but this is the first out of four she was great i really enjoyed ivy i really enjoyed jody of course i enjoyed these two the story was wow it was riveting it was actually hard for me to do the 30 minute takes and i was heartbroken by melinda's thing so yeah this is probably the best one so far um Not on the scale of, like, bananas absolutely out of this world. Like, what's happening? I'm questioning reality. That's still a trick of the mind. But this movie was, like, solid.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, now you see why I strong-armed so many people into watching this. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) You've seen it so many times. It is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Someone's like, oh, like, I'll I'll agree to watch this with you. This is, like, a good one to kind of put out there because it's got everything, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. All the really upsetting things deeply. <laughs> oh I well so, uh, let's really talk talk about this. I'll touch on this because this is something I've been wanting to talk about, which is like to mm. me, lifetime movies are very much about like speaking to the fears of middle class white women ages thirty to fifty. Absolutely. And someone trying to take your baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That but this is this was I mean we talked about. We talked around all of it. I can't believe the baby snatching element of this tale is the thing we focused on <laughs> the least. I mean, the baby wasn't even an entity yet. No, but but Melinda, yeah, intended to fucking take her baby. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I she mean. She was gonna snatch the baby yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, is it time for
1: our da 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 astrology segment? Oh sh- Oh kid. fucking shit! Oh god! Oh fu- oh shit! Oh god! Oh god! Oh shit! All right. Okay. 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 I think this. I'm just gonna rapid fire real quick. Okay. I think David is an Aries. I think Theo is a Leo. I think. I think Frank is a Sagittarius. So all the fire signs are accounted for here.
0: I no. I'm challenging you on David being an Aries because you are so prejudiced against <laughs> You're right. Thank you for as you call them me. scaries.
1: <laughs> they are.
0: I don't think he's an Aries. What do you think he is? I mean, I don't know that much about astrology, but what sign is one where... Uh, because he, tr- he is innocent, right? Yeah. In fact, he probably was the only person who showed Melinda any kindness in high school. His yeah. main problem, though, and why I have such an issue with him... Self-centered, right? Self-centered, but also, like, it, before we know that Melinda disappeared herself, on the face mm-hmm. of it, this is a vulnerable woman in trouble, and you just simply do not want to get involved because mm-hmm. it's outside of your comfort zone, question mark.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What sign does that
1: speak to? Aries. I'm saying this. I'm saying this without the well, not without the bias because it's always there. But Aries is a sign that rules over Mars and it rules over the first house, which are two things that are really involved with the self and sort of self centered behavior. Not in the negative way that we talk about it, but in the way that it's like your body, your desires, your wants, your drive to do things, and and your independence as a person, what you want to do. Aries have this sort of like go-getter attitude at their best, and they're also really capable of like firing situations up. David has his own business, and yes, he is self-centered, but he also like, even in his argument with Ivy, one of the things he says is like, I just need somebody on my side, and it was still all him. So I do still think David is an Aries, even in his kindness to Melinda, because maybe that's as far as he could take his individuality and his own independence with that situation, is he was the one who was kind to her. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just saw him as such a follower who, like, avoids... who's just into <laughs> avoiding
0: things that he doesn't want to deal with.
1: I guess I didn't see the follower side of him as much as I just saw him being so self-centered around his situation. I like mean, I, The yeah. only reason he followed Theo is because he thought it was what was best for him and Ivy, but ultimately him.
0: That's a good point. Okay, you've talked me around this time, but... <laughs> Next episode, when you accuse the next like insufferable person of being an Aries, I'm gonna challenge you
1: again. Okay, please do. I welcome that. I think I think Theo is a Theo is a Leo because it rhymes, because he's trying to be a politician, uh, and because he's dramatic. I don't know. That's pretty much it.
0: My Leo moon is extremely offended, but fine. Don't
1: don't you dare. Don't you dare. I love a Leo moon, you know. And then, (laughs) uh, then I think Frank is a Sagittarius, and I didn't even like Frank, and I am a Sagittarius. So let's just go from that. And I think Ivy is actually a Scorpio because she fucking traps David in that question. She's such a good detective, and she was pregnant. She dealt with pain. She fought back. She looked for answers that she didn't even really fucking want. I think she's a Scorpio.
0: She's very ride or die. She and sure I'm very is. flattered at the comparison. See, hmm.
1: now you can come into that. And then Jody, Jody She's also a ride-or-die fucking yeah, bitch. She but she did, I don't die. get Scorpio from her. Not Scorpio. I, I actually... <laughs> I'm just going to go based off of the light B&E and the like, sort of just knowledge of things that's yeah, yeah. Out of her. <laughs> I'm going to go Aquarius, actually. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my God.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Melinda... Mm. God, we if really you don't the, get enough. You can we say really
0: Scorpio we... again. That's I understand. She's a destabilized Scorpio.
1: Sh- sure, I'll say Scorpio. Yeah, I was Scorpio. Gonna say, shit. <laughs> I truly did. I truly didn't get enough of Melinda to be able to break any of that down because she was just mean, in the beginning and then there at the end trying to kill somebody. And her, I was like, her,
0: oh. her obsessive nature, like, okay. Okay, you know we—that's an accusation that's lobbied at Scorpios a lot, and I get it.
1: <laughs> okay, you know we'll we'll go with the easy answer is Scorpio, and then I think that's that's basically what about what about Phoebe? Hold
0: dog? on, that explains the whole uh, Melinda versus Ivy fight is really a fucking oh, dra- like of- drag down brawl. It makes sense that they have the same sign to me. Battle between the Scorpios. Oh, yeah, just like. Wow. I mean, it was. Uh, I it was brutal. I mean, we recapped it so lightly here because we couldn't remember the blow by blow.
1: Yeah, but it was. Literal
0: blow by blow. They were fucking dragging. each other up.
1: They were oh, dragging, dragging each other the and ground.
0: kicking and fucking. And d- one of them was having the
1: contractions.
0: It was yeah. Oh, bananas. Okay, I you gotta, said Phoebe I, the dog.
1: I think Phoebe the dog is. Is it also going
0: to be an Aries because you fucking hate Phoebe the dog? <laughs>
1: Phoebe the dog. Phoebe the dog died. Phoebe the dog that was just hanging out with an old lady. Didn't really do anything to deserve that. No. what was just a Shiver, Just dog. shivering. Uh, Pisces.
0: Pisces. <laughs> he... What is Mrs. <laughs> Bendel? My least favorite character. <laughs> I think she's an earth sign. Uh, sh- sh- I think she's a Virgo. That makes sense. Me and Virgos, man. Either they're <laughs> my favorite person or they're my least favorite person. I gotta tell awesome.
1: you. I'm a burger rising, and I know I love being in people's business. I just do it better than Mrs. Bandel. Look, I'm a fucking... I'm the nosiest goddamn person on the planet.
0: (laughs) But I don't try to insert myself in other people's lives. This is the most Scorpio thing I've ever... I like knowing things so I can hoard it to myself and just know. I just want to know what your deal is and keep it inside my tiny tinfoil heart. That's what
1: I want. A big old crumple ball of tinfoil. Oh my god. accused of interrogating people all the time and it's like on accident like never... i swear to god i'm not uh, so i we we've joked
0: about that but mm. i've never once felt like you're interrogating me
1: that's because we're the same <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that explains it all you know, you're like i oh, like I just saw me and Allison had a fantastic conversation. <laughs> Turns out, apparently, we're double interrogating each other.
1: I mean, what is a, a converse- of- What is a deep conversation? But the exchange of deeply personal information. I don't know. I think that's what yeah. it is. But not what everybody feels converse- that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a deep conversation is just uh, uh two people interrogating each other. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. That's the so. So we did star signs.
1: We did. We sure did. You got any Venus signs on the horizon? No, no, I wasn't thinking about that. I'll make notes. I will definitely make notes for our next film, Killer Grandma.
0: Killer Grandma. You heard it here first, listeners. Killer Grandma is our next episode. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, fucking so am I. Although I am a little bit worried, but I hope it's... Oh, God, I hope it's good. Yeah. I wonder if our hero
0: is the... Killer grandma, or if it's someone, we're gonna find out.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's the grandma, but we're gonna find out. All right, rockabye baby timers. We'll see you on the next episode with Killer Grandma. We love you, maybe, but maybe. only if you come back. <laughs> you Our come love
0: back. is conditional. You heard it here first.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs>